Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 24. Today we're talking about The Wraith from 1986, directed by Mike Marvin. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, the Nazgul of drag racing McGraw. I'm Arlen, and this time my audio will sound good. Haro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the dumpster. Who's the kid? I don't know. I was just walking out of my house, turned my back, and the next second he was there. Like magic almost. Really? Yeah, really. Seemed familiar to me. What did he want? Nothing. He's new in town. You know, you can get killed riding on the back of bikes, Carrie. Excuse me? You're mine. And I'll do anything necessary to keep it that way. Glad to have you, Arlen. Glad to be back, guys. Yeah. Burr, burr, burr. So nice burr, to have burr, burr. you. <laughs> Thank you. So, so yeah, special guest Arlen Haro returns to the dumpster to talk some fucking Charlie Sheen goodness from the 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you know what? Like, we could have watched, like, a really bad movie, and it still would be an improvement we're fucking watching Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> besides uh, Rudy Real, uh, Pluto Nash still takes the crown for me. You know, he somehow uh, has some affection for that film. He's the only person I know. Yeah. Uh, fuck that film. And fuck Green Lantern, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it straight out and fuck it. They suck. And if you like it, good for you. Yeah, sure. Whatever floats your boat, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, much, I'm much less nice about that. If you like Pluto and Nash, you have brain damage. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, no! Come on! Somewhere Rudy's crying in a corner. <laughs> it's... it's... That movie is like, it's like being trapped in, I don't know, it's like breathing your own air or like <laughs> being locked in a Hey, wait a minute. Like locked in a box that's being slowly filled with water. <laughs> in a boo box with Glenn Close, you're in there. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of scorpions, they drop in Pluto Nash DVDs. <laughs> coincidentally, coincidentally, Randy Quaid is in the both the film we watched today and Pluto Nash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know if he is uh Stiffer in this or in Pluto Nash, but uh, I guess we're going to get into it. Good mm. God, he is the most unconvincing police officer I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> you know what's crazy to me? Like, the his delivery in this film versus, say, like, Freaked. Mm. Right, which, actually, he is great in Freaked. He is amazing in that. He's one of the best parts of that film. Fre- Freaked and Christmas Vacation are probably his best two movies, and then yeah. maybe Independence Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what else is there, really, that he's he's actually memorable in? Those are the three, right? Uh, I think I think that's it. Joe, don't, don't answer that question harder. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the vacations, unless I... Just didn't hear that in the... Well, right, but specifically Christmas Vacation. I mean, he's fine in the original, and he's fine in Vegas, but I think Christmas is where he uh, shines. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. No, Christmas Vacation and Freaked are the are my two movies for him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in, like, you know, he's, like, the fucking F-plot of Independence Day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, sure. It's just that classic scene at the end. Hello, boys, I'm back! Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the F-plot that somehow wraps around and finishes the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the drunk 
Yeah, he saves humanity. He comes in at the end of the game and he just he does the winning shot and Yeah. He's like Adam Warlock in that fucking movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like Silver Surfer. He's sleeping on fucking Doctor Strange's couch the entire infinity gauntlet saga and then comes in to fucking smack that shit out of his hand. You you know the generals were naming that tactic the Quaid uh the Quaid initiative or some shit. <laughs> he's pulling a Quaid, he's going in with the bomb. It's fucking kamikaze. He just goes right in there. You know, it's named after Randy Quaid, you know, that you know, he's gotta get his due diligence. From that day forward, the American Air Force just like would randomly disable one of their jets like missiles. <laughs> It's like, ah, well, you, you're the one today. Like, it should have been a giant painting of Randy Quaid instead of Will Smith in that Resurgence movie. Oh, God, there was one of those, wasn't there? There was? Yeah, it was like, Will Smith can't be with us today because he's too cool for school. I don't... Anyway, he's Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith's quote-unquote adopted son. I don't remember anything other than the giant queen alien chasing that bus through the desert everything else is a blur me too because i think that was the only thing they put out that was like a clip hey hey watch this clip and you'll like the movie and i was like <laughs> all right uh yeah jeff goldblum driving a bus okay yeah i'm i'm good right no thanks i remember watching the clip of them saying like will smith's character just dies off screen in some fucking right. test i was like that is like <laughs> the worst way to dispense of a character i've ever seen he's not even killed in the film it's in supplementary material you have to watch on fucking YouTube. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why wouldn't they just say that he like retired and he was like, fuck that. I already defended the Earth once and that's it. Yeah, I'm not fighting aliens twice. Because fuck him for not coming back, right? No, he just dies like a goober in some untested fucking <laughs> you know, flight accident. Because we needed a fucking sequel to that movie, right? Mm -hmm. That You know, it's, it's like Kiefer Sutherland. He used to joke about when he did 24. He's like, yeah, you know, Jack Bauer, he probably wouldn't get shot or tortured to death. He'd probably just slip in the shower. It's like, come on, Kiefer. Like, that's how you want fucking Jack Bauer to go out, slips and breaks his neck on some soap. He fucking gets drunk as hell, jumps into a fucking Christmas tree because he's a pirate. Right. Well, that's probably more realistic what would actually happen. Bauer goes off the deep end. He's Oh, that's that's right. No, he turns it. He's like he's like uh, Tom Atkins from Night of the Creeps. He's got the fucking gas going in his house. Sure. Drinking his fucking, uh, uh, you know, scotch or whiskey or whatever the fuck he's drinking. I mean, honestly, if Jack Bauer just drinks, like, a little bit too much alcohol, he just turns into Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He sees vision of a boy that he bullied when he was younger. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. He's like, remember that? Uh, I was a vampire that time, remember? He's really afraid of squirt guns, so if he can inhale, <laughs> sees them in the store, he, like, destroys them on, on sight. He cannot stand uh, deer heads and or any type of game heads with horns. He hates them. <laughs> right. The taxidermy. He can't watch Silver Bullet. He's tried so many times, but Corey Haim, you know, every time he sees him on screen, is his blood boils. <laughs> <laughs> He's there for Busey, but he, he can't do it. But if you give him a six-shooter, suddenly Emilio shows up and they're a fucking, you know, gun-toting badass gang. <laughs> And for some reason, Invasion of the Body Snatchers just gives him a weird feeling he can't really explain. It just... <laughs> it just hmm. Right, yeah. Something about his dad, but he can't really place it. His dad walks in and just looks at him. He's like, what? He just stares at him and screams. Yeah. <laughs> Points his finger at him. He's like, all right, dad, enough. I'll take the garbage out. God. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking... To get him to do his chores? <laughs> <laughs> He just fucking yells at him. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay, Jesus. So before we get deep into this, uh, in, in, into the show, Arlen, what have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, just um, slowly going insane from the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm there, Bal. Now, um, 
watching a lot of movies. Um, really spending a lot more time on the other shows that I'm on uh, because there's not much else to do. Sure. I think that's a, I think it's a plus, right? You're burning through all of Shudder's like fucking under catalog too. Like, oh, yeah. Every fucking day I see you on there watching something new. I'm like, this motherfucker, man, he's watching this thing and that thing and this thing. <laughs> What's the best thing you've watched lately? Like in the past week? Oh, in the past week. I got to. Dude, I gotta look that up. Um, well, just last night I watched that newest Shutter movie, uh, Spiral. Oh, see, I thought that was the Saw thing, and I'm like, holy shit, that's out on <laughs> Shutter. I was like, wow, they really dumped that fucking thing. <laughs> Obviously, not to be confused with Uzumaki, the Japanese film, with the anime coming out soon. I hope it looks amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about it today. I'm like, well, he watched Spiral, so wait, he didn't watch Uzumaki. And it's not the Jigsaw thing. So what the hell was that? So, so was Spiral good? Was it was it worth watching? Uh, yes, it's a it's it's a solid like uh supernatural thriller. Uh, I guess Rosemary's Baby is a close comparison. Okay. Get out, maybe. Yeah, it's about a, a a gay couple in 1995 that moves out of the city um, with their daughter, and uh, stuff happens because it's not the big city and everybody's creepy out there, so, yeah. Huh. Okay. Is there a significance to it being in the 90s? Uh, yes. There's a reason that it's in the 90s. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, shit, I've hit that age where I'm like, people are like, yeah, so so I'm, I'm making this throwback movie, right, that takes place in 1995. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm going to physically recoil when, like, a show like Stranger Things comes out and they're like, <laughs> way back in 1993, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> so we, we, we've brought it up on the show before. But uh, what what are these fabled other shows you do, Arlen? I have no idea what they are, what they could be. I've never been on one before. I have no idea what they are. No memory of doing any of them. <laughs> other shows. Well, I'm on Lost Arrow Podcast, of course. That's sort of my show that I do weekly. Um, and then, of course, The Phantom Zone. Um with uh with old connor there cool sweet oh and we're uh we're we're rounding out a series of recordings we've been doing all year with the 3am files like that's not yeah out yet we've been talking about it all year but we're recording uh i think what three more and then we're gonna dump them all at once oh wow and maybe there's a person who's on this call right now who we'd like to be on one of those three yeah maybe we're <laughs> maybe we're dragging our ass for a very specific reason are you talking about Oh, I thought you. Oh, never mind. Talking about you, dummy. Oh, you were talking about me. I thought you were talking about you. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, what the fuck? Oh, come on, guys. Oh, guys. Sign me up. You got you motherfuckers. Cause you're cause, no. Cause you don't. You do. You're like, hey, we're we're recording tonight at fucking nine o'clock, and it's nine a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you're like, hey, we're recording tonight. So you good? And I'm like, no, I'm not good. We have been trying to fix that. We've gotten better at planning them. Uh, we've been leaving it up to Connor to be the one to ask. So I don't know what's going on in between but i'll say this if i message you like tomorrow okay we have these days uh are you in (laughs) for sure for sure unless i can't be right um (laughs) in that case like no (laughs) yeah i I get it but i i will absolutely try to make it and we have what what, two or three more we want to do before we uh we, we drop everything cool yeah yeah two or three more and i mean we've been talking about this for a long time your first show would just be whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Are you talking about me? Yeah. Um, that, that that That's the idea we want to do with guests, at least. If you come on the 3AM Files for your first show, it's just, what do you feel about 
X topic, Z topic, Y topic. Oh, now I have to be extra prepared. Yeah. Oh, that's too much pressure. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring one topic, and then y'all motherfuckers better, like, ping pong, and, like, l- l- just let the conversation go wherever it needs to go. Yeah, that, yeah that, that'd be the idea. Werewolves, there you go. Yeah, we usually all bring something. Like, uh, we just did one. Uh, it was a real-life horror-inspired... Uh, oh, no, horror movies inspired by real-life events. Yes. Ooh, I like that. We, uh, we all bring something. We don't tell each other what we have until we reveal it on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, no, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. We'll do that. I'll do. We'll do Secret Santa with fucking uh, with topics. I like that. So before we get rolling, no pun intended. Well, actually, extreme pun intended. Vroom vroom, <laughs> zoom zoom, mother. Um, <laughs> do we have some Patreon questions and or emails, Sean? We absolutely do. Yeah. What terrible thing are we doing to Clint Howard this week? <laughs> um, we're gonna get to it. Oh, no, oh, I'm <laughs> We're going to dip him in boiling acid. I was kidding. <laughs> Leave Clint alone! You know, it's the third question here, so, uh, you know, by the time we get to it, maybe you'll forgotten that you even asked. <laughs> Our listeners are weird. Um, okay, starting with Dustin Elkins, and uh, you guys can always uh, email us. Uh, questions at moviedumpsterpodcast at gmail.com or if you join the Patreon, we usually put this up a day or two or, you know, possibly sooner if we uh, think of it in time uh, to ask for questions and uh, we will answer them on the episode. So Dustin asks, if you had to pick one fictional weapon to ward off John Hurt with, what would it be? Uh, I, I, hmm. And we we actually get, we got a little uh, we we got an answer here from from Leonardo. Oh oh oh! He commented on it. Oh yeah, he goes a lightsaber. Duh! <laughs> how the fuck would that? How would that ward off John Hurt? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I'm sorry, Leonardo. We're all so dumb. I laugh at your stupid space saber. <laughs> I I think if you could get right on top of John Hurt without it activated. And then hit the button. You might, you might have a chance. But if he sees that thing already lit, you're fucked. No, wait. Oh man, you like give him a hug and you fucking light it right through him. <laughs> yeah, and you say you love him or some shit. Yeah. You touch his face, you fall off the balcony. It's that thing though. You have to sacrifice yourself, right? Like, you, like you wrap your ha- arms around him and you shoot and you shoot the fucking saber out, but it goes through him and you at the same time. Right. 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 Like, like the like like the special beam cannon through Goku and uh, Raditz. Yeah. There you yeah. go. And then of course Chewbacca's in the background screaming. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My friend. And Dustin did say, in response to that lightsaber comment, he said, uh, I feel like I'd uh, want either a proton pack or the spear from Phantasm, which Ooh. are both pretty damn good answers when you think about what John Hurt could do. Yeah, you change that fucking polarity on that on that uh, positron collider? Maybe. <laughs> um, I've got it. The BFG 10K from Doom Eternal. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> and it is a, it, you have to sit in a, in this like, like a piloting chair to fire this thing. <laughs> and uh, minor spoilers for a game that came out a few months ago, You, it can shoot a hole through a fucking planet. So oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. It's basically Starkiller base. Right. Straight up. I, yeah, but but also the Doom guy can uh, detach its engine core and just run off of it because he's a fucking <laughs> maniac. Because he's Doom guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he, like, okay, since you already kind of half spoiled it, he, not only does he shoot this bullet into a planet and almost destroy Destroy it. Almost. He shoots himself into the planet. I okay, yeah, he he's like I have to get to the surface of Mars, so he puts himself into the fucking cannon and just shoots himself through space 
at Mars. Yeah. It's the fucking craziest thing. Ma- Master Chief is floating by with a bomb. He's like, I'm going to return to Covenant's bomb. And he sees that. He's like, never mind. Oh, man. Yeah, the best thing is Dr. Hayden, like, before you sit down, he's like, you cannot shoot a hole in the surface of mu- and then yeah doom guy just does it like we're just like he's like fuck you here's the button try and stop me fucking computer motherfucker like <laughs> that's a good answer um what about uh i'm trying to think like what would be powerful enough hmm. to, to harm him i i've got an answer go ahead i now i don't know if i'm physically strong enough to to pick it up which maybe uh is outing myself as a weakling but uh asta from black clover he's got that anti-magic sword i'll just take that hurdle get cocky he thinks he you know i can't do anything to but i take down whatever kind of magic barrier the motherfucker's got and he's going down right that's a good one again if i can get that close maybe he's not gonna even chance at him just shoot me before i even get anywhere near him i'm assuming he used his guns i mean it's john hurt maybe he's got that fucking uh that that omni tool that paul had in uh dungeon master i could see that <laughs> <laughs> well that's funny you say that because that's what i was gonna pick next oh, okay yeah. was that was that fu- was was fucking uh 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 Excalibrate, man. You fucking shoot that thing. I think that's the only thing that can destroy Hurt besides the Buchanan itself. Mm. Dude, it, it beat literal Satan. Like, it's- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? It killed that uh, that lost soul from Doom that you were talking about. Yeah. You need that fucking... The, 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 uh, the, the, the fucking crystal from fucking uh, uh, Monster Squad? That you gotta <laughs> do the incantation and throw it and the fucking black hole opens up? I think that's what that had. You know, you need that. Maybe. Van Helsing comes out and fucking wraps his arm around John Hurt and gives you a thumbs up, sucks him into the fucking hole. Would a, uh, would a Pokeball actually work? <laughs> <laughs> would I be able to capture John Hurt and just, like, lock him away forever? Oh, man. That's actually my favorite answer because that is really, that's very clever because it's not really a weapon, but I'm, it, like, there's no reason it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes in there like the Mafuba from Dragon Ball, and he's, like, just, like, as he's going, he's like, God stop you! <laughs> and he's just, like, trapped in there forever. We're merging! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, shoot him with a Devo gun? <laughs> Who would he turn into? He turns into uh, Ian Holm. <laughs> That's his regeneration. Man, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't get that out of my head. I just see, like, Professor Oak, like, yes, I've, I made a new Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's for John Hurt exclusively. Now get out so I can continue to have sex with your mother, Ash. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Mime watches. I'm fucking her and this, Jenny, at the same time. And then Brock is like, oh, man. And, you know, you know, Professor Oak, of course, because he wants the Pokemon to frolic and have fun, he releases Hurt, you know, unknowingly realizing what he's done and then just gets killed immediately. Uh, unknowingly? I don't know, man. I what? But you think Professor Oak wanted to, you know, a uh, assisted suicide? Or is that what you're trying to tell me? Possibly. Mr. Mime always sat in the corner while they did it, you know, him and, his, and Ash's mother, but maybe he caught Mrs. Uh, Ash with Mr. Mime. He couldn't take it. Mr. Mime's just, like, got his hands and he's, like, pelvic thrusting. He's like, yeah, Mr. Mime, Mr. Mime. <laughs> I mean, he's got that magic. And Ash is like, what the fuck is with you, Mr. Mime? He's like, ah, don't worry about it, Ash. No problem. I mean, we learned from Mime Jerry that Big Johnson, you got to climb it. <laughs> what? I was going to say something that I totally forgot because now I can only I can only think about Mr. Mime like air jacking off. Now, yeah, we're going to rabbit hole. I never thought we would be down. <laughs> You got any ideas, Arlen? What do you think? I mean, since, since it is John Hurt, uh, Connor's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the moment from Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 
Yes, uh, which is this doomsday weapon that can supposedly destroy anything. Um, and uh, I'd like to see how that would work out. Ah, MacGuffin. Oh, especially when there's an older version of him standing right over there going like, Who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, you think the Buchanan's got a purple laser and the, and the, and the, the moment has a blue one and they shoot each other? <laughs> And fucking time ends? Possibly. Yikes. You know, well, you know, time wouldn't end. We would just flash to limbo with, uh, you know, Richard Harris walking around. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you're here. He's talking about the whale again. It's a revenge killing! (laughs) (laughs) It's the Big Bang Part 2. That's what happens. You guys ended existence, didn't you? I always thought it would end up like this. (laughs) Fucking Chris Evans shows up, so you ended existence, did you? (laughs) Fuck, that was a good one. (laughs) All right, thank you for that question, Dustin. Uh, coming up next, we got one from Nick Lowry, and he says, was, <laughs> he goes, was someone drinking brake fluid in this movie? <laughs> if so, what was he, what was really in it? Uh, yeah. we're gonna get into that, uh, but yes, they, they were drinking, what was it, hydrophonic, uh, fluid or some shit? He's drinking hydraulic fluid, and he's, and he's also drinking, uh, right. brake fluid, and he's huffing, like, duster, like, brake duster, and, or... WD-40 at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's just straight up shooting WD-40 into his nose at some point. I'm like, you're a corpse. Like, there's no <laughs> way. Skank. I think he's one of the lost zombies from Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> oh, he was in that fucking car, dude, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I could see it. Think this is a fucking costume? <laughs> Uh, I think he was drinking the blue milk from Star Wars, obviously. Could yeah. be. He was drinking the fucking Sneaky Pete from from uh, Street Trash, dude. <laughs> what is it? Cypher's Degreaser from The Matrix? Uh, just an early version of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that shit from Alien Resurrection that fucking Ron Perlman makes? Oh, God. That disgusting de- concoction. <laughs> yeah. I use battery acid for color or whatever. I mean, like, what 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 would he realistically probably be drinking? Like some kind of just a drink they put some fucking food coloring in, or like a soda or something, like a Mountain Dew. Oh yeah. no, sure, it's like it's just like water with like fucking food coloring in it. Yeah, it's not actually. Wait, you, wait, are you are you asking me if he's actually drinking brake fluid in the movie? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean. Obviously, we gave our our, our uh, joke answers. I'm just saying, in the case of you know making the movie, what did they have him drink that made it made it look kind of like that? I mean, it's knockoff Kool Aid or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got to be some. I mean, it could easily be like grape Kool Aid or some shit. Mm. You know. Uh, but yeah, that character was. Mm. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about him. Pretty pretty fucking. Uh, Amazing. He was drinking a Vimuville supplement, all right? That's what he was drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might as well have been. We hope that answers your question, Nick. Let me go to our last question from Serge Mario. And he asks, one, <laughs> where do all the Clint Howards live? <laughs> I told you Clint's coming back up. Clint Howard world. <laughs> uh, and two, not a question. But bask in the idea of Ben 10, but the watch turns him into different Clint Howards. <laughs> um, uh, obvi- okay, so so question number one is obviously Clint Howard world, mm-hmm. right? Just like Daniel Stern world and all, and Duck world and all that. That exists as well. <laughs> yeah. But believe it or not, like the Clint Howard world, like if it's his characters, is like really, it's, it's ran like really well. Like everything moves perfectly. Oh, yeah. If it's actual Clint Howard, eh, you know, <laughs> you know, 
think about what that could be. You know, just same with Baldwin in that respect. <laughs> uh, but the MDU version, I think it like works like clockwork. I don't think they really have to. You know, besides the ice cream men who are constantly killing the other Clint Howards, like he's really the only problem in the whole uh, planet. It's a perfect society. Bill and Ted made that fucking song, and every all the Clint Howards united. Yep. I mean, if we if we go off of his. Uh, childhood appearance on Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, they all look like that, and they're very powerful, <laughs> just based off that. <laughs> they're born out of eggs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come out looking like them already. I uh, I think it works like Rick and Morty, and they all live in a citadel, and there's different social classes <laughs> of Clint Howards. Council of Clints? Yeah, they have, they have a Council of Clints. Uh, you can have lower class Clint, you can have upper class Clint, you can have cool Clint, you can have boss Clint, wizard Clint, political Clint. All the fucking... Like the Southern Clints are just like him from Waterboy and Ticks. <laughs> well, then you get the, you get you get the cast off one, the one Salish. He's always like, "Why, why, why do they always ask why?" <laughs> All right, Salish, shut up. They have their own sea town, like the fishing village. Yes, <laughs> they communicate like that. They're just saying why, why to each other constantly, and like the other Clints can't can't translate it. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why always ask why? Because you don't speak Mexican. Right. The second part of the question, though, um, I mean, I'm not super familiar with Ben 10, but I guess I, what's the concept is that he transforms into different aliens, yes. essentially. With, like, this watch thing. Yeah. So, sure, we, we could have Clint transform into, you know, Andy Griffin Show Clint, <laughs> to House of the Dead Clint, to <laughs> Evil Speak, to Ice Cream Man, uh, to uh, The Wraith, yeah. and, and, and many more. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Serge, I raise you this. What if Doctor Who, but every time he regenerates, it's a different Clint Howard? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a different scarf for each version, too. Different outfit. He travels around in, like, an old Volkswagen or something <laughs> in, instead of the phone booth. Yes. It's not bigger on the inside this time, okay? It's just, it just looks exactly the same. When you get in, it's the same size. The trunk's in the front. Every time he gets to a location, it, like, breaks down. That's why he's always got to go on an adventure to, like, fix the car. He's like, ah, fuck. Just like regular Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, except, except not as involved. It's more like, ah, we're in 1974. And I have a uh, 18, uh, 16 Model T. Ah, fuck. <laughs> or maybe the reverse. The reverse might be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> How the hell am I going to get this Firebird fix? I'm in the 1800s. Yeah, it's the opposite of actual Doctor Who, where he's like, we've broken down in ancient Rome. <laughs> right, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't the Model T, like, the the 30s? I, I am not a car guy. I have no idea the timeline on automobiles. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, no, I don't know either, but, like, I just thought that was that fucking just kill, crushed me. Because <laughs> I keep thinking about, like, horses in 1890 and somebody having a Model T car. <laughs> Doc Brown left it there. I think that, that, that lines up. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, shit, I'm in the wrong century. Fuck. I'm in the wrong fucking... I'm in the wrong 1990s. Or 90s. <laughs> well, I, said, I didn't mean these 90s. Great Scott, the 1890s. I hope that, uh... Answers your question, Serge. Uh, I'm still thinking about from the Dungeon Master, where we were talking about him as a Lewis Tully, so that's got to be one of the transformations, of course. Oh, for sure. So this fucking uh, Fast and Furious, Mad Max, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Ghost Rider. The Crow. The Crow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Crow, yeah. That was coming up. I was like, this is basically the Crow with a fucking Dodge MS4 or MS, yeah, M4S. <laughs> yeah. This is a perplexing film for 
full filled with lots of ideas mm-hmm. that are just all existing in the same headspace. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, love this film quite a bit. <laughs> Joe's giving his review in the front. I when Arlen was like, "Dude, let's do the Wraith." I'm like, "Oh my fucking Christ, yes, please." <laughs> Put it in my veins. Oh, God, yes. I just want to get out right in front of it now. I think this is the first film in a long time on MD that uh, we've had a fully licensed soundtrack. (laughs) Yes. Here's the thing. This movie actually rubbed me the wrong way with the soundtrack because I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, the soundtrack's pretty cool so far. And I'm like, and you're wasting Billy Idol. What are you doing? Yeah. Why is this music just for people well, hanging out? Why aren't you blowing shit up right now? <laughs> right? I would say that's the most egregious one of anything on here because they use the rest of it really well. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, this is, okay, so, so like, where you have a thing like Stranger Things, it's like, oh, yeah, it's real 80s because they keep using all the 80s music in it or whatever. Right, but it's intentional in that sense. But this movie was made in 1986, so it's like, okay, right, this right, is right. the popular music now, you know what I mean? Yeah, you wouldn't even think about it if you were watching right. it when it came out. You'd be like, dude, this fucking rocks, dude. He's got Billy Idol in it and Rat and Ozzy Osbourne. Right. Well, you also get stuff in here that nobody alive after the 80s wouldn't, that they wouldn't think to put it in there unless they were like a real like deep cuts music person i mean even that ozzy song is in my opinion a bit of a deep cut i don't know if you really ever hear that on the radio no for sure yeah but the robert palmer is a huge hit i mean everybody knows that one. Oh yeah yeah simply irresistible there's some i mean there's like one or two songs where i'm like all right it's on the nose but it, but like joe just said it wasn't at the time it's more so me now in 2020 like yeah okay the 80s they're at that burger stand and like that would have been playing at every burger stand everywhere. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. That would have been playing, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't use any Cars songs at any point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know what it wants to do with the soundtrack either. I mean, I guess we can get into that later, but it's like, it's like, oh, we're going to use Ozzy and, and Billy Idol and, and Rat <laughs> and Robert Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's true and one song fits perfectly with the burger joint like and as we're just, this conversation started like b- one of the best billy idol song comes on and no one's doing anything like just talking in a garage well i kind of like that because they that's what people would do but you're right it's like that is such a song that you would use in a scenario where things are happening and you don't it's like ah yeah but it's also a bunch of dudes just like hanging out doing whatever like listening to the radio right well right right yeah it's a nick it's nick cassavetti and his children because he's a 45 year old man in this movie <laughs> the child slave labor except for clint howard i pulled him from some fucking military school after a bunch of people died mysteriously oh my god yes <laughs> yes everything yeah we will get to it uh let's plot crunch this arlen would you like to do the honors please uh yeah sure i'll i'll start it off so uh, it starts with them, like, in the middle of the night, uh, this couple just driving. Uh, this is after, like, you see lights floating over what looked like composited night sky over day footage that they colorized. <laughs> um, or <laughs> they put, like, a filter over. Um, and you see the car, and that leads to this big, this, like car gang like something out of um mad max yeah or i was gonna say uh that old james dean movie uh like 50s car racing movies where they would like race each other for honor or whatever for sure pink slips dude and it goes from there you learn that the leader of the game this guy named packard he's a computer yes he has uh like a 
I can only describe it as he imprinted on um, Audrey from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Man, he is. Uh, when we start getting into this, he is a he is a motherfucker, ain't he? He sure is. Yeah. Man. A total sociopath, like very obviously, mm. and yeah, like he has this like weird leering thing that he does throughout the whole movie, uh, and then Charlie Sheen shows up, and we learn that uh, eventually we learn that he is the reincarnated soul of a boy who died a year ago, uh, killed by Nick Cassavetes as Packard, and it just goes from there, racing and people dying from running into the, <laughs> this Dodge S4 over and over again. It's a super turbo, the only one that exists. Yeah, it sure is. Oh, yeah. The fucking turbo interceptor, baby. Even comes with an instruction manual. In the glove box. Well, the In the glove box. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stupid detail. Well, the, the script, dude. That's where the fucking script is for this movie. If there was ever an episode to kind of bridge the gap between any of the MDU shit that we've been spitting for the past fucking three years, I think it's this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, some, some threads are definitely coming together here. Yeah, or at least overlapping and then going off in another direction. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also I also want to say this movie, from a, like an action set piece perspective, seems very much like a response to everything done in the Mad Max movies. It's like, oh yeah, Australians, we can blow shit up too! Well, here's the thing with that. Mike Marvin was very explicit about that. He was like, yeah, this is basically like this is my kind of it's funny because we were just talking about homages uh in an interview we just did i don't want to spoil it yet because that's coming for you for trick or trash but our our interviewee it mentions the fact that like <laughs> homage is the french word for stealing you know <laughs> I that was funny <laughs> yeah right right basically he yeah i mean he didn't shy away from it at all he's like yeah this is basically just like a jumble of like mad max and pale rider and um I, uh, the sunshine boys i want to say what was uh was an influence in this um it, it's just very explicit so it's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah i made this because i fucking love those movies so i'm totally on board with that you know right yeah and it doesn't ever feel shameless because it's not a it's not a pale ripoff it's not inferior like it's matching in some cases i would say kind of outdoing some of the stuff sure they do in the first mad max because like some of these cars blow up repeatedly yeah (laughs) yeah this movie has one of the biggest explosions revolving just one building i've ever seen let's call a spade a spade like mad max doesn't really hit its stride until we get to road warrior anyway sure yeah you know yeah because mad max is a fucking revenge movie uh like and before that it's a weird gang movie and then none of the vehicle carnage that people associate with it doesn't happen to the end and then yeah into road warrior not not to say that i don't like the original mad max film but it's a completely different movie yeah, I would back you up by saying it's impressive for how indie it is, like how little support they had to make that movie. Absolutely. But it's not, if you're judging it as like a professional movie against bigger productions, it's not impressive on that level, I would say. Well, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we jump too far in this, I have a little bit of um, trivia. So the car that's used in this, the titular Wraith, uh, mobile. It's a race, man! It's a race! It's a fucking ghost, man! It's a Nazgul, man! And that ain't cool! <laughs> it's a Dodge M4S Turbo Interceptor, okay? There was four of these things made. However, there were seven versions of the car that were made for the film. So there, so the, so one of the original four cars were on loan, uh, for the film, and those were used for, like, close-ups and, uh, detail shots, 
And then there were two drivable versions of the car that were outfitted with like dune buggy chassis uh, so that they can go off road and shit like that. Huh. And for stunts and all that kind of shit. And then there was four shell cards that were made for like all the crash and explosion scenes. Okay, yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was waiting for you to say that because I was like, this car, uh, I mean, in the context of the film... It's uh, it's ultra uh, durable, but I'm just thinking from from a production standpoint, it's like shit. They destroyed how many of these things? <laughs> we'll get to it, but it's funny because like this car is supposed to be this ethereal fucking thing from another plane of existence, but then at the end they're like, yeah, it's a Dodge Turbo Interceptor. <laughs> right, right. Johnny Depp was Jer- was dating uh, Sherilyn Fenn uh, when this was shot, and he was like there the entire time huh. on set while she was while she was shooting, and he was like sleeping in the hotel where everybody was. Oh. But the weird thing about that, on top of that, it's like he was considered for the role of Jake and Augie. Huh. Uh, honestly, I would trade him for Charlie Sheen in a heartbeat. Totally agree, especially... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They they both have kind of... Their stars have fallen in recent years. I, I, sure. Johnny may be a little bit better than Sheen. Sheen's got a, uh, a long laundry list of shit that I have problems with. Johnny's got maybe a uh, few I can count on my hand. Yeah, dude, but we're talking prime... 80s oh well right of both of these guys right i also think i also think at this point retroactively they're interchangeable so you could just slap <laughs> depth in this role and i don't think anything would feel too different mm. i i do agree in that sense right let's be 100 percent honest here like johnny depp is that sex symbol oh yeah charlie sheen i feel like charlie sheen got the role because martin sheen was like that's my kid you, you gonna <laughs> give him a role or what do you like his puffy hair <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i hate it can he cut it he will not i think he was just in the middle of doing other things that could be a lot of this movie feels like trying to shoot around uh when charlie was available oh yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get to that that's why he's only in it for like maybe 15 minutes i feel like if you really like count every minute he fucks off for like for like an hour yeah it reminded me of valentine because we're talking about how david boreanis is like <laughs> the center of that story but he's in the movie for like seven minutes collectively <laughs> yeah right i uh, sorry i gotta go shoot angel and she still that movie still burns my ass because that whole fucking <laughs> the note and everything and she just like doesn't put it together at the end yeah here's the funny thing is that one of my my coworker today, unsolicited, goes like, "Man, we were supposed to watch something else on Shutter. It's like Valentine's Day or something. It's got David Boreanaz." I was like, "Let me tell you about that film." <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, here's a whole episode on it. Because she's like, how does it hold up? I'm like, it's got a twist that ruins the whole fucking thing. It sure does. Well, it's not so much a twist, but as that, specifically that fucking scene with that note, dude. That is what fucks it all up. Yeah. That that, that kills the ending. It still yep. breaks the movie. I still think it's worth seeing if you haven't seen it. And uh, <laughs> wink, wink, go check out that episode. You want to hear about Denise Richard have a major BM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go listen to it, I guess. <laughs> our Valentine's Day special from this year. Was that our episode, second episode of this season, no? I think it was, yeah. Yes, following uh, Pumpkinhead 2 with uh, Tony from Hack the Movies. Wow, that was this year. <laughs> Dude, That, was, that was, it, it wasn't five years ago. <laughs> right. You know what's fucking crazy? So I was just thinking about the beginning of this season. Uh, I guess this is a conversation for the end of this season, but... I I was thinking about where I was when we were doing that episode, and I was at my father-in-law's house, like, watching his 
house. Oh, right. While they were away. And, like, my fiance and I, Julie, went to, like, went out to, like, a show and we did all this stuff. And we, I mean, then, we, you know, it was, it's just bonkers to me that, you know, two months later, it's just like, what the, what the fuck, man? What happened? <laughs> two months later, you'd meet your new status quo. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Right. Of, of absolutely fucking Dude, we nothing. dropped, <laughs> we dropped the, the, uh, unlucky, a very unlucky leprechaun episode for St. Patty's Day. And then everything just went downhill right after that. I know we really haven't talked about it in the last uh, handful of episodes, but, like, because of, like, the quarantine and COVID and all that kind of shit, like, um, I had just gone to the drive-in for VHS Fest um, this weekend as of this recording, and it was, like, it was just so kind of refreshing to see everyone, and every everybody, I feel like, has, everybody had to stop and kind of look at what they were doing and themselves and kind of figure refigure their entire lives out kind of you know what i mean yeah and i think i think um a portion of that a little a little portion of that uh was for the better uh, of everything if that makes any sense or uh you work in my field where nothing changed you just got worse well i'm not talking about i'm not talking about work i'm talking about people individually we got busier and busier yeah no for sure but but i get your point joe and i agree i mean obviously there's uh some bad shit that came along with that, some bad baggage that uh, we're dealing with, especially in this country, uh, just with all these deaths, over 200,000 now. But it's, I don't think we're trying to turn this into a whole side conversation on COVID. No. I mean, we have talked about it on the show in the past. Like, this shouldn't be totally foreign right. uh, to you guys listening. But anyway, let's talk about some, the Will of the Wisp fucking lights that come out of the sky and race down an Arizona highway and turn into a fucking <laughs> car. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this movie is that it never bothers to stop to let you, like, no. absorb what's happening. It's just like, yo, here's some bullshit. And you're just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was half expecting the uh, Moonwalker to start playing. I thought my Michael Jackson was going to come out of that car. <laughs> MJ, the MJ fucking robot comes out, maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, the car would transform into MJ, honestly, in that in that scenario. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Oh, wait, Danny DeVito's there with his ponytail? J- Danny DeVito was Joe Pesci. Oh, Joe Pesci. <laughs> Mr. Big. I just fucked that up hard. Um, (laughs) They're all the same guy, right? Bob Hoskins, Joe Pesci, and Danny DeVito? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bob DeVito. I definitely was thinking of that, uh, you know, a little bit. But also, you know, it's obviously not the same thing by any stretch, but the effect of this um, gave me, uh, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind a little bit. Oh, for sure, Mm. yeah. These fucking little balls of light are like flying through uh, like a billboard with Randy Quaid's fucking face on it. (laughs) Okay, fuck it. Sheriff Loomis. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big, as Arlen said, it's a big family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, Sheriff Loomis will walk up to your property, treat you 12 times, and tell everybody about it incessantly. He might, (laughs) I fucking shot him 12 times. Hello, boys, 12 times. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, of course, Dr. Loomis is like in the bushes, like, get your ass out of here. Randy, get your ass out. Out of here. Why are you telling people this? I shut you fuck. You fucked it up. You're supposed to tell him it's six times, not twelve. Sorry, he's from the south. He's from Arizona. Every uh every Loomis descendant just has like a gun with a bigger revolver chamber and it's like <laughs> <laughs> He 
Loomis got a Magnum? The next, the, the, like, like this Sheriff Loomis's granddad has a revolver with 24 bullets inside of it. Like, yeah. oh my God. Think about it this way. You know, by the time he became a robot, he must have had a ton of fucking bullets just built into the into his wrist, you know? Yeah. Well, he, he's he's evolved past the need for guns at that point. <laughs> True. He knows karate. Or whatever. I am the weapon. I, I plasma shot him so 12 times. Yeah, exactly. With his fucking spark plug dick. Oh, God, help me. So these lights fucking race down the road and they fucking turn into baby, dude. Mm -hmm. They turn into John Hurt's motherfucking car. Yeah. Huh. Straight up. And those lights, they're passing by the uh, quickening energy from the Highlander films. Just... <laughs> Hey, hey. Supercharged. Yeah. They, they wave at the uh, T-1000 as they fly by. <laughs> yeah, through the time stream, you know. Yeah. But they, they fly by and go, hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> they look like Navi. Right. Did you know how to use your fucking sword and shit? Maybe. Yeah, lock on like this. This is how you drive. Press Z. So this movie does a very interesting thing uh, in this next scene, at least in my opinion. Um, how they introduce the bad guys of the movie. Yeah. I kind of love this. Because you kind of just get this, you know, if you don't know who's in it going into it, if you're just watching the movie, you're like, wow, okay, these are our protagonists, these, this couple that's getting, like, fucking pulled over and uh, being taunted. It's like, oh, shit. Right. Um, yeah, Mr. Mullet and his girlfriend. <laughs> George and whomever. Right, yeah, because <laughs> she says his name and they all start mocking him. Oh, George, 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 get back here. Real quick, the soundtrack f is dope, and not just the original songs, but the... Uh, um, the score itself, done by uh, Michael Honig and uh, Peter Robinson, or J. Peter Robinson, rather. They've worked collectively on The Gate together. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And Mike has done, or Michael Honig, rather, has done uh, the Blob remake, Class of 1999. Oh, shit. Damn. And J. Peter Robinson uh, did um, Return of Living Dead 2, uh, The Kiss, which is really good. Probably get to that next year. Uh, the Wizard. Uh, the Spawn animated animated series, uh, West West Craven's New Nightmare, Whoa. Wayne's World. Yeah, he's got a pretty sweet fucking uh... Wayne's World, huh? Yeah. Well, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So Toe Cutter and his gang fucking head <laughs> off uh, George and his girl. Right. Don't 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 in, don't insult Toe Cutter like that. Toe Cutter always looks like he's enjoying what he's doing. Okay. Packard looks bored the whole fucking time. All right. Yeah, he does. This group is just like a bunch of like highwayman robbers that just the town puts up with. Mm -hmm. Highway rob robbers, question mark? Sure, right. Also, is this a town or is this a settlement of rambunctious mid-20-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, like, a cop occasionally drives through. Yeah, maybe. I think it only consists of that fucking burger joint, dude. Mm -hmm. It's a burger joint and a river, and that's... It's <laughs> 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 where we hang out, man. Um, I guess there's not shit to do in the fucking deserts of Arizona. Uh, so they block this, this guy off and they fucking get out of the car and they're like, they're like, Hey man, we want your pink brother. And he's like, wait, you're talking about my girlfriend. He's like, no, 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 not that. Your pink slip for your car. And he's like, uh, all right. But they, they totally meant both. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. That dude, when he said that, I was like, and they look at the chick and they're like, and it's, we're introduced to skank here. We're introduced to Packard play by <laughs> <laughs> Packard Walsh by Nick, uh, Cassavetes and skank. And uh, I think Gutter Boy, I think the whole fucking crew is here. Minty, Gutter Boy. Oh, yeah. They have some names in this group. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they all sound like such Mad Max goons. Like, I love it. Like, they all have totally. It's like, this is Stank Gum and your Rim Jobby over here. <laughs> <laughs> 
drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just real quick, this guy Skank, uh, this dude, this, we mentioned it earlier, but he drinks like hydraulic fluid and brake fluid throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, I'm tweaking, man. And he's dressed like a classic punker. Like he looks like the guy from The Misfits with the hairdo. Oh, kinda, yeah. I want to know why he's tweaking instead of just, you know, being dead from drinking hydraulic fluid. <laughs> right? <laughs> the character quirk. He's like, I got a tolerance for it, man. I drink it every day. And he's like, Fuck all fucked up. He he fell through the pit in Razorback and he was uh, given a new body. (laughs) (laughs) He fell through the planet and came out in America. Yes. He was Dicko originally. Yeah, he's the the Dicko brothers. Right, he hit he hit the card table and uh, Comdar threw him through another portal and he ended up in America. Yeah, lines up. They catch him before he hits the table, they're like, stop this bullshit and he just throws him through a different fucking hole fucking loved and put a curse on him he needs to drink hydro you know uh hydraulic fluid to survive <laughs> that's his vimaville yeah. pill he's got to keep drinking that shit or else he's gonna melt <laughs> right or he'll fucking deteriorate he stops moving he just uh, oil can yeah he's like bender he can't stop partying <laughs> <laughs> pretty much exactly exactly <laughs> or he'll blow up <laughs> but uh packard and and his goons essentially are like yeah uh we're going to take your girlfriend and do something nasty to her if you don't race us. And if you lose, uh, we get your car. And the guy's like, ah, ah, I'm not going to do that. And then, like, Packard pulls out a switchblade. He's like, he's like, I'm not asking you. His motives are so, like, the way he gets things from people are so, like, roundabout bullshit. Like, he could have went up to that dude and said, I'm going to cut your fucking throat and get out of the car. I'm going to take this car. Right. It's You know, he's like Richard Mull in, in Dungeon Master. He's like, I'll give you a chance <laughs> to uh, beat me, but I'm not, but I'm not going to be fair. Do you want to play a game? What's funny is that both characters seem bored out of their fucking skulls with what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that's just Nick, yeah. like, like, Packard's way of, like, trying to find some joy out of this, like, really, really sad life. <laughs> well, we'll get to his ass about like his little backstory bullshit. Um, and then we're introduced to Clint Howard. Welcome back, Clint. Yeah. yeah. My God, his fucking hair. He has, as Rughead. Did he go fucking Super Saiyan in this movie? What happened? Okay, so the end of Evil Speak. <laughs> you know, his hair gets all blown out, and uh, you know, I think uh, you or Joe had said it earlier, but uh, you know, he gets picked up from the hospital by one of these goons because he's basically like Kobe from One Piece. Where in the beginning of One Piece, the character of Kobe accidentally goes like on a pirate ship and he's like forced to do all their chores and shit. <laughs> That's basically what Clint Howard is in this movie. Dude, he's the fucking tinkerer in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You find out like in the beginning, you're kind of like, oh, he's just one of them. But by like the midpoint, you're like, he, he looks kind of scared of these guys. Oh, no, for sure. Well, the other thing is like I, I was watching this. I was like, holy shit, he looks like the fucking guy from Eraserhead. Yeah, he does. Come to find out. <laughs> yeah. Marvin gave him that fucking hairstyle because he was a huge fan of of uh Lynch. Oh wow. Okay, that that's perfect. That's awesome. I fucking love it. So that's why he looks like that. It's it's an incredible look. Arlen, you fucking called that. Yeah. Also, uh I was looking at Nick Cassavetes the whole time and it's like, you know, you know him but like right. you're like I'm like where the fuck and suddenly I remove the hair from his head. I'm like, "Oh my god, he's in fucking face off." <laughs> Oh, that's right. He isn't face off. He is Caster Troy's brother who yes. drugs Nicolas Cage up, and that shootout happens. Holy shit! And he directed the uh, Notebook. Can't ever forget that. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. Oh my God, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it goes without saying he is the spawn of John Cassavetes, and you can very easily see it just from looking at him. Oh yeah. Sure. 
Um, so they, they race this guy, and he actually looks like he has a chance of winning, and then at the last second, Packard's like, nah, fuck this, and just, like, rams his car into this guy into the guardrail, and he spins out. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, you know, they, they all go back to his car, and they, they pull up to where, uh, Clint Howard and the gang are, and he's like, hey, I, I would've won, but you cheated! He's like, tough shit, buddy, give me your car. Fuck you. I'm obviously a criminal, of course I cheated. <laughs> Did it, didn't you get the musical cue by Ozzy that was secret? loser you're the secret loser <laughs> right that's playing over the whole scene didn't you hear the diegetic soundtrack you stupid morons <laughs> didn't didn't the switchblade kind of tell you that this wasn't gonna end well that too yeah it's like didn't you see my 1950s intimidation tactics dude i'm surprised they didn't like race take his car and then still kill him and rape that woman yeah and they were just like take your girl and get the fuck out of here go take a walk motherfucker yeah Awfully honorable of these uh, of these petty criminals. These petty criminals, they're fucking murderers. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll find out that later, but I'm just saying. They're not stealing these vehicles and then giving them to the poor. They're they're chopping them up and selling the parts. Yeah, well and keeping like the parts that are really cool also. The Right, well, of course. So I can soup up my own car via ch- ch- uh, Chintari fucking technology? Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plug this thing in. When does Michael Keaton show up to just class the whole thing up, okay? <laughs> well, he recruits Clint. Right. Oh, my God. Take you and your blueprints and build me a fucking a bird machine, you. <laughs> no, it fits perfectly because of the radio transmitter thing. It's a lot like the, I need it to be able to go into space. We got the door, the door thing that works where it makes that fucking hole in shit. You can steal stuff out of it. Yeah. Oh, you're the shocker. Ooh, the shocker. Ooh. <laughs> what are you, a pro wrestler? What is this, wrestling? <laughs> wrestling? Is this where we're first introduced to? our, I, I guess, our two leads? Yeah. We cut right to Charlie Sheen fucking cruising down that old highway on his fucking, on his hog, or his dirt bike, wherever the fuck he's riding. They do this thing that I, I kind of like. Basically, they don't try to trick the audience. They're like, you know, they, a little bit here and there in the very beginning, but like the second you see Charlie Sheen uh, come up on this bike, you're like, oh yeah, his face is all white. He's clearly a f- the, the the titular uh, wraith. Um, right. I I didn't pick that up to be perfectly honest. When you when I watch this film, there's a very specific point at which you figure it out. But like, sure. Okay. L- let me rephrase that. The thought started cooking in my mind when I saw him with like the white makeup on the face. I guess I should say. Oh sure. So Charlie Sheen plays Jake Kessie. And he's rolling into fucking town, and he he rolls. He just happens to roll past uh, Sherilyn Fenn's house, and she's playing Carrie Johnson in this film. Uh, and we've like we've already said she's from Twin Peaks, right? So he rolls up, and he's like, "Hey, do you know how to get to whatever?" And she's like, "Hey, are you Emilio Estevez?" And he's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Don't I know you?" He's like, "No." Mighty Ducks didn't come out yet. Neither has Young Guns. Did you have you ever seen Repo Man? And don't even try to call me Carlos, cause uh, I ain't gonna answer to that name. So she like gives him directions, and he and he fucks off. Well, <laughs> one of Packard shows up, right? Cause he's like, oh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, sounds good. She's like, I could show you. <laughs> And she goes to sit on the bike, and like Arlen just said, or you know, Packard shows up. She's like, "Oh, never mind." And then he, and then he fucks off, right? Because he's like, he's like, "Is that your boyfriend?" And she's like, "Ugh, not really, but sort of." 
pretty much. And she just gets off the bike and gets in his car. Yeah, it's a very Tammy the T-Rex kind of situation. She's like, yes, it's not my boyfriend. But like this fucking sociopath shows up and she's like, I have to go with him, I guess. Or else somebody dies. Billy Bad's in that fucking car, dude. Yeah. Oh, God. It is very similar. Yeah. Billy fucking bad. God damn it. I was going to. You, you beat me to the punch on that one, but that's OK. Uh, because there's a lot of similarities between this and Tammy and the T-Rex. Like you could literally transpose the plot over each other just one's a fucking car robot and the other one's a fucking dinosaur robot one's a car and one's a robo t-rex it would be it would be great if the car was trying to uh, call somebody on the payphone that would be (laughs) that'd be fantastic with the gloves my god and floating tire hands like daytona usa yeah oh my god dude that fucking little trunk that little uh uh the uh the hood opens up and like a fucking pink ethereal powered uh hand comes out and lifts it up yeah it's like kirby <laughs> yeah right I-, I guess the guy in this movie's worse than the guy in taming the t-rex because eventually bernie lomax kind of takes over as the villain in that movie sure but uh this guy is from the beginning to the end just a, a force in this movie yeah yeah that num uh packard also like as the movie progresses, you find out, like, he and his gang were involved in, like, a fucking heinous murder. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he didn't feed, you know, Paul Walker to a lion, but, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, like, th- I, that's the difference. Like, Billy Bad, like, left him there and didn't get his hands dirty, whereas Packard, like, Pack... It's like the crow, like they were involved in something just fucking devious and awful. Oh, yeah. For sure. And the parallel to that is insane, too, with this film. And then we kind of fuck off to the beach, and now everybody's hanging out at the beach. (laughs) The big fucking hangout. (laughs) Including Packard and uh, Carrie. And Charlie Sheen's also there, just sunning by himself on the other side of the fucking river or lake, whatever the fuck this is. Gorge. Uh, A little crick, I think, is what we would call him. Yeah. A crick? That's what we would call it where I'm from, a crick or a creek, depending on who you ask. Where I'm currently living, what the fuck is water? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of, I think, this scene. It's like, it's the only body of water in the area, so they all crowd around these fucking uh, canals. Sure. So Billy comes up, and he's like, hey, uh, is this spot taken? He goes, hey, bro, it's a hot one today, eh? (laughs) And he's just like... Yeah, sure is. Yeah, hello. And the fact that he constantly refers to Charlie Sheen as, as bro, yeah, uh, comes back in a big way towards the end of the movie. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, hey, can we hang, man? They don't like me over there, so I'm gonna lay right here. And he's like, yeah, I guess. He's like, hey, are you? Do you know Emilio Estevez? He's like, no. <laughs> Okay. And he lays down, like, directly next to this guy. I mean, there's not a lot of room there. Everyone's kind of on top of each other. Dude, he lays right next to Charlie Sheen. He's like, all right, I was going to be six feet apart, but since you said I could be here, I'll just get about six inches apart. How you like that? Fucking, like, elbow to elbow, and you're like, yeah, uh, so, yeah, that chick's hot over there, huh? Yeah, well, she's dating that guy Packard, and he's a real scumbag. Good luck with that. You better have sunglasses on if you want to look at her, otherwise he's going to kick your ass. Yeah, he's like, she. he used to date my, she used to date my brother and he's like he's like oh really he's like oh so so what's your brother do about him he's like my who my brother and he's like yeah and he's like oh he's dead yeah uh no one knows what happened well anyway well bye this guy is so passive about his brother's death in this movie he's just like yeah he's dead so what mm-hmm. until he isn't <laughs> at the very last frame of the fucking film right right well yeah We'll get to it. Oh. This whole scene functions as a information dump, essentially, for the audience. Yeah. So then the two goons show up honking the horn to get pa- uh, 
Paddock. Packard. Packard, excuse me. Uh right before right before the, the they show up, Packard like has he's like staring at Billy and and Charlie Sheen. Oh right. And he has this flashback and you get that first taste of like him like murdering that dude's brother right he's trying to remember back he's like this guy looks familiar they make it a point for billy to walk up to charlie sheen's character and look down and he has these four gigantic scars on his back and also every time there's a f- yeah there's a close-up you can see there's a scar running down his neck too yes yeah. um and and then in this flashback like there's a point where packard is like slashing a very very suspiciously charlie sheen looking man in the back with a switchblade <laughs> i also think these flashbacks are cool i mean yeah for sure they're all pl- blasted and red and like there's never any audio or i think there's audio a few times but it looks like something at a fucking creep show like it's really cool looking yeah it's 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 neat well not what happens is neat but the way it's shot is cool right yeah so skank and uh, gutter boy are there and he's i think he's drinking brake fluid in this scene then packard comes up and he's like yeah, you gotta stop drinking that shit. It's like it's making your brain numb. And he's like, Aah! you'll turn into a mushroom or something like that. Yeah. I will say people have some fucking weird zingers in this movie, and then they all and most yeah, they have a lot of weird jokes. Most of them come from Randy Quaid, but yeah, Packard's like, yeah, like stop drinking that. What is, he says something like he calls it some kind of juice and says you'll turn into a mushroom. I think he called it zombie juice. He's like, quicker drink that zombie juice, you turn Zo- zombie piss, zombie piss, you turn into a mushroom. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? There's a dynamic between these characters where gutter boy obviously is on the bottom of the uh, pecking order oh yeah and and skank is not, not that much higher up but he kind of uses uh, gutter boy as his punching bag mm. but skank is very clearly packard's punching bag yeah and he's just like you know oh i need you to do this for me and skank's kind of hemming and hawing he's like oh you want me to watch your girlfriend he's like i don't want to have to do that shit and he like pulls the knife out again and puts it to his throat he's like all right i guess i'll do it <laughs> Yeah, because Packard's like, hey, you see that fucking guy over there? And he's like, yeah, he looks like a real dork. And he's like, no, you listen to me. He's like, you better fucking what? You're going to watch her and you're going to watch. You know them guys? Fucking Billy and that other fucking guy. He's riding that bike over there. <laughs> Make sure that ne- none of those guys talk to Carrie or whatever. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And within seconds of saying that, uh, Charlie Sheen's out in the water yeah. with her on like fucking like uh, little, uh, you know, float floaty tubes. Carrie's like, hey, you want to come over after work? Even though my boyfriend's going to kill me and you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds great. I'll pick you up at fucking your the burger joint. Yeah, the, the only one. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, boyfriend bully comes back, you know, just to double check. And he immediately is like, Kirsten! He's like screaming. He's like, where are you? <laughs> and they're on the fucking lazy river together, like on these fucking rafts. What is happening? Yeah, th- th- I-, I love the, I love like the way it's shot in frame too, because he's like, make sure nobody fucking talks to Carrie. Slam cut. And those two are in the river, practically <laughs> on top of each other. And they're just like, he's just like, so what's up? She's like, come over and have sex with me. Yeah. She's like, he's not my boyfriend. I I need, I need another man in my life besides him. So what do you say? And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Sounds good. But then when he doesn't see her, he's like looking around, like, you know, eyes burning into the water, and he sees Charlie Sheen come around with her, and he's like, shook. So then we cut to fucking Big K's burger, and we kick up that Robert Palmer, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. And everybody's on fucking roller skates, and I love it. But, yeah, it's it's basically like a Sonic. It's one of those old-school, 
school it's a drive-in uh fast food restaurants yeah with all you know all the girls are working you know on the roller skates and they have literally one cook like he's fucking spongebob like working back there billy it's fucking billy busting his ass running from the grill to the window he looks like he's about to hit the floor at any moment he's sweating so much god that shit gave me anxiety because it's like i'm looking at that and i'm like and that's why i don't work in that specific field of work okay yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah. i was like i want one of those fucking burgers though ASAP. I don't even eat meat anymore, and I wanted one of those burgers. They look damn good on the grill there. <laughs> I will say, I worked at a Five Guys, and like, beca- like, so all that shit was free. And like, watching the sequence, I was like, man, I really want a big giant fucking cheeseburger. Oh yeah, sure. So Carrie like ends her shift, and like Billy is like, hey, I'll give you a ride home because you like used to have sex with my brother or whatever we're friends right <laughs> and uh he's like she's like sure even though i know every time i do something with another boy my boyfriend wants to kill them right it's almost like he's watching me all the time or has somebody watching me all the time he's got a tracking device installed on her person and she doesn't know it no that fucking oswald Copplepot fucking uh little swirly device <laughs> <laughs> yeah clint built something yeah <laughs> I played that bitch like a harp from hell. <laughs> so Billy's, Billy's trying to drive away with Carrie, and he's like, he's, she's like, oh shit, go, go, go. Packet's pulling up, and he's like, first of all, how the fuck are you going to get away from that? He's looking specifically for you. So they go to drive, and they... And, him and the gang, like, or Packard and his gang, like, box him in. You know, he, he, you know, Packard's, like, threatening Billy offhandedly, and then, like, we get, we're introduced to Augie here, and he's like, he's like, hey, man, you want me to fucking just cut this motherfucker? And he's like, no, stop it. He's like, yeah, fuck you, man. He's like, I'll rip your head off and piss down your neck, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And and to Billy's credit, man, he's not taking it entirely. Like, maybe he should stand down, but he's, like, throwing it back at them, and he's, he's got some zingers. Dude, Billy's fucking giving it to all of them, even Packard. Dude, he just about punches Packard in the face. Yeah, but he doesn't hit him, though. Billy, at some point in this movie, rightfully calls out every other minor character for being absolute pushovers in the face of this gang. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is, that's such a shitty scene, too, because of that. Right. He takes Carrie out of the car and, like, puts her in the other, you know, in his car, and he's like, like, hey, hey, buddy, hold, hold your horses there, Billy. He's like, look, don't, uh, he says some shit like, uh, yeah, there's no excuse for this, so you, you just leave Carrie alone. Don't you fucking take her home, ever. Don't you even talk to her. And if I catch you or that motherfucker on the motorcycle around here again, I'm gonna fucking cut your throat. I'll kill you like I killed your brother. What? What? <laughs> Nothing. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? And, and to my surprise, when this almost verbatim scene is repeated later in the film, this guy is shocked uh, at the reaction that he gets. Um, But well, why do they leave again? Do they see Charlie Sheen? I'm trying to remember. The Wraith TM fucking pulls up up to the joint right mm-hmm. right and clint howard's like holy shit he's like look at that fuck look at that fucking car man it's crazy do we have one of those yeah this is right after the the man in the leopard in the leopard scarf threatens the younger brother yes yes augie you're right though he did they all go after the car because they see it they're like that looks better than the one alan musk uh, showed on stage you know we gotta get that thing we're also dropping that f-bomb uh a couple times yeah. in this movie oh man Ooh, yeah the, the the hard f-bomb not fuck the other one. If you needed another reason to hate these people. It, for, like, no reason at all. Yeah, it, it's also, it also is during, like, a kind of a long stretch of movies where just that word was tossed around in, like, in horror films and stuff like that. Like, it was nobody's business. And, yeah, it's an unfortunate artifact of, like, 80s and 90s horror and, in some sense, action and stuff like that. So, really, that's the only part of this that doesn't age well. Yeah. Right. So, they meet up with the car, and this guy, Augie, is like, oh, let, let me take this one down. It's my turn. They're like, okay. 
You're not that important. Go for it. <laughs> Packard is so willing to sacrifice his whole gang. He's like, yeah, all right, you can go raise him. Fuck it. He literally doesn't care about anyone but himself and Carrie. That's it. Uh, and these morons don't see that. He stops. He's like, you're not me. You're not care. <laughs> go ahead. You're good. You're good. Do it. Do it. I don't care if you blow up. You're not Clint Howard, who's like really only the next one on the peg as he builds the shit. Like, he, he really doesn't care if he were to die, but he's like, ah, he's got use. I need me, because if I die, then obviously I'm dead. I can't lose Carrie. I can't lose the guy who builds my stuff. But even then, could probably lose him. And and boy, does he. So so they have this elongated uh, chase scene where Clint Howard comes out and he doesn't have like a flashlight this time. Because last time uh, he had like a flashlight with a piece of cardboard over it. And when he lowered it, that was the signal. Oh, yeah. Now he has the old handkerchief method that he uses the rest of the movie. Uh, which with, you know, Clint Howard is great in this movie, by the way, for the little bit that he's in it. <laughs> Because uh, he goes all in on this little uh, routine with the, he he does like a little bit of a dance almost and he's spinning this thing in the air. I'm guessing this is based on what people l- really did or or maybe still do in these street races. You race for your cars, is that okay? Okay, we all got, we're all on the same page. Okay, go. Right, and they speed by as he swings down and the the race is on. And then of course every race pretty much. Uh, we get a full song. Oh yeah, we get we get that uh, wasp scene from the dungeon dungeon master kinda. I like how these are filmed because you get lots of close ups of the cars. You get lots of um, shots of them like passing each other, and then you get these POV shots of them blasting down these highways at really high speeds. It's kind of cool looking. All of the car stuff in this film is awesome. It's all practical, and it's fucking really cool. Yeah, and it levels up immediately. They're like, yeah, we're not going to really uh, faff about with any kind of small-time crashes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're so they're racing down this highway, and uh, some rando cop starts following them and just gets fucking smoked. So uh, the Wraith, like, drives ahead of Augie, and then... He, he's like far enough ahead around the bend and then he turns the, the like he pulls the car sideways in the road and Augie fucking T-bones this fucking car and they both explode into smithereens. He goes like flying off a cliff and like tumbles down a fucking cliff. It, okay, it nearly becomes like a parody because like Ollie's car flips over the side blows up yeah starts to and then it rolls like three three times you're like wow that was brutal and then like it's like stops and then rolls two or three more times blows up again you're like all right cool it's over it rolls one more time more fire like all right he's definitely definitely dead <laughs> um and then i think someone walks up to like holy shoot we got a potential doa in our hands i'm like there's no potential like, <laughs> <laughs> right well yeah one of the other guys says that yeah the, these uh deputies they get a few good lines uh yeah that they really deliver well uh throughout the film you know we get a couple here and there peppered throughout yeah these fucking cars so they explode and uh, augie you know we just said he dies but then the wraith like reforms and just drives the fuck away like in this like spiritual glow it just like like kind of right materializes on the road and then just speeds off and this is where uh Loomis officially comes on the scene my god to just to just undersell everything are you serious Clark I I'm selling it as well as he's selling it man and he he got paid cuz this motherfucker I was I you know what we were going into it I was expecting like Tex S yeah you know from Robot Jocks and this character is just like the most milked host I've ever seen Randy Quaid. He's so boring in this. And not like where I said Nick Cassavetes is bored. Like, it, I think it's part of his character does not have an emotional reaction to anything. He hasn't lost his mind yet. Right. Which makes him terrifying. Whereas Randy Quaid shows up 
and just doesn't come to work. <laughs> he just shows up and reads lines, and you're like, you're the most dry cop I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah. Even his zingers, like his one-liners come off as like, you read that off a cue card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of his inflection stuff isn't that great, but I, I don't know, there are moments like um, when he's cutting uh, like a person out of paper to like <laughs> yeah. do one of the, like, the snowflake stuff. Like, yes. To get his point across. That stuff I liked. Yeah, his physical performance is pretty good. The rest is like, all right, somebody was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> Anytime he's in a scene with the punkers, those are good. But everything else, it's like, yeah, what you just said. He's basically just, you know, walking through it like a zombie. Yeah, he has like this line here where he's like, what about you? He's asking Minty. Uh, and he's like, he's like, what about you, maggot? Are your veins bloated with brain eradicator too? And like the way that he delivers it is just so like... <laughs> flat mm-hmm. i don't know like connor said off the cue card <laughs> yeah I-, I wonder if when they hired him for the part it was kind of one of those things where they knew he was just doing it for the money or if they were really expecting like wacky randy quaid and this was like the one time he was like no i'm a serious actor i'm gonna play this part how you know it would be played seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like ah oh, fuck this is not we ah okay okay mr quaid sure you're doing great you're doing great we got randy who wanted to leave it up to the imagination great i'm trying to be b- b- as good as is my brother Dennis, but I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> it never will, and it never did. So, one key thing about the body, they're talking to Loomis, and they're like, yeah, uh, this body should be totally charred, uh, there should be maybe even nothing left, but look at it. It's like pristine. And it looks like a ghoul, basically. It's all uh, white, like it's been sitting in the morgue, and the eyes are gone. Yeah. And I'm gonna t- take something from Arlen from it to- earlier today it looks like he straight up got the fucking the penance stare all right like from ghost rider <laughs> oh yeah like his eyeballs are gone he's pale white i'm like yeah that's some paranormal goofy shit i love it so apparently the director was like this was addressed later after the fact because they don't tell you explicitly in the film but like um because he's like you know he's like the, a ghost of vengeance or whatever tm like ghost rider the director said that like there's a flash of light between each of the killings and the death of these guys are like they have their like their eyes burned out by like this flash of light or whatever um and it kind of like flashes off all their clothes because they're naked too they're like in per- perfect condition but like completely naked with no eyes um okay yeah and then um <laughs> sean had a question before too so like each time you see the wraith um he has like these braces like on his legs and his arms and each time one of these dudes dies it like disappears and that's basically like him becoming free of his oh uh, of his like his burden yeah of his burden yeah okay okay i i kind of thought that's what it was but maybe i just wasn't putting that that together but yeah no that that makes sense yeah we also like while uh this gang is basically being interviewed by loomis the only one that's really upset is carrie and uh maybe like one other one but he's basically getting shit for for looking upset everyone else is like yeah he was expendable whatever fuck him and carrie's like uh, he was my neighbor for years like i can't believe you guys don't give a shit oh, uh, right. yeah I-, I love that she instantly humanizes this person and fucking pa- and packard's like who who gives a shit like he- he's no loss believe me yeah now what were you doing with billy yeah <laughs> what a scumbag <laughs> Where's this boy? She's like, I dated his brother. I've known him since I was a kid. What are you talking about? I smell mail on you. Uh, He has this fucking thing. This scene is so disgusting. He like pulls out a switchblade, right? Oh, God. 
and he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, once you love someone, you know, you you start not to feel it anymore, or some shit like that. And then he's like, and then he's like, and you love him so much, and then you stop feeling anything. And he's like, when you can't feel anything, you could do anything. And he like grabs this fucking, uh, the blade of the switchblade and like squeezes it and like pulls it off and like fucking like cuts his hand open. And he's like licking the blood and then like rubbing it in her mouth. And she's like. Yeah, no, I, no, I don't love you. Can you stop this? She's like, I will never have sex with you, and this is what he does. Not even this will convince me. Or never make love to him anyway, which, you know. Also, uh, cinematic pet peeve for me is every time someone does this in a movie, because I'm like, that is a heinous wound you've just given yourself. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to tape it up in a minute, and no one's ever going to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then she has her, her line. She's like, I, you know, I'll never love you. And he's like, oh, you, you will eventually... Maybe. Well, right. If he kills everybody else, then and he's last man on earth. If I keep doing this, I mean, what choice do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill your whole fucking family. Yeah. She's just like, in another dimension, I almost had sex with my dad. I would prefer that. <laughs> Maybe. I also did that too. We cut to like this garage body shop that the the gang hangs out in and like chops up cars and like Clint fucking creates new technology or some shit because <laughs> he's like I got I gotta call Vulture tomorrow okay I get this thing done <laughs> <laughs> oh man I got this new ins- uh, disintegrator gun man I don't know why I've turned Clint Howard into Louis Anderson but that's how it's gonna stay forever now no Louis Anderson sounds like this man yeah yeah Clint's sitting there going over his itinerary he's like yeah we just got a car and called uh, let me Christine <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to we got to chop that thing down today. It, this thing built, rebuilds itself, man. Oh, I would see Christine versus the race. <laughs> yeah, imagine that if Christine was shoehorned into here somehow and it kills Clint Howard while he's trying to clean the inside of it. Oh man, now there you go. There's a crossover. So he's like evil speed Clint Howard inside Christine. Oh my god. Meeting a minds flies around and shit. Yeah, the fact that that didn't get made, but uh, Kayako versus Sayako. God damn it! You <laughs> stole it from me. I was just getting to it. <laughs> I knew you were, and that's why. <laughs> So Packard's like, how you doing on that radio jamma thing? And he's like, he's like, it's tits, man. It's going to work perfectly. Yeah, anything on this side of the Mississippi, <laughs> uh, which is a weird little thing to throw out there. Right, this injector thing that he talks about, but then, uh, hey, he never gets to use it because Charlie Sheen comes in with a fucking laser shotgun or something. I'm going to need more Chintari crystals, man. Dude, this guy comes in and, and he's, we might have seen him in this, like, uh, motorcycle uniform but if not, this is like the 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 set piece of him walking around in this. Yeah, he looks like fucking Mandroid. The doors open and he's got like fucking tubes all over him and shit. He's like the third member of Daft Punk. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. His like it's there's like skeletal designs on like the torso part and like it looks kind of it looks kind of Geiger esque like in some parts. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And then like his shotgun has like they make it a point to zoom in and like his his like the iron sights. I think it's a devil face. Okay, so this is a real shotgun. It's an Italian shotgun with, like, this hook on the end and shit. Uh, And then they obviously put, like, LEDs in it or whatever, like, light, yeah. Oh, yeah, they put this fancy little, like, this video gamey red light that goes up the fucking barrel as he's getting ready to shoot it. It's like, dee-dee-dee-dee. That's kind of neat. And he just, uh, he fucks the shop up hardcore. He fucking punishes everything in this fucking building. He doesn't kill anybody, but he shoots, like, every car. He shoots, like, the special thing that Clint Howard just made. Oh, the fucking 
new engine that's supposed to go in Packard's car. And Packard's watching this all happen and just like zero reaction, just like, huh. Yeah, he, oh, I'm glad it wasn't just me. He's like, so that's a thing. And just sits there and smokes a cigarette. Right, meanwhile, all his goons are diving for dear life. Like Clint Howard's climbing up a ladder to get away. Well, he doesn't feel anything, man. <laughs> well, Skank ends up in the rafters like David in Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Skank <laughs> is on the fucking ceiling. Like he's furthest away from the danger at all. And Packard's like, all right, cool, whatever. He calls him a pussy. <laughs> the guy's walking around with a shotgun blowing up cars. What are you talking about? Dude, he points it at his head in at, at one point and then like shoots the glass like behind him. Right. And he's like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't feel anything. Whatever. I have tinnitus anyway. He's like Alexander. He only does it in the mech. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fight. You know, he doesn't get paid to fight here. He, you know, he's got to get in the car. Packard, you're already dead. <laughs> Packard, I killed you here already. But he doesn't say it, he just pantomimes it because he doesn't talk when he's in the in the getup. Well, <laughs> he, he, it like flashes here. His like fucking uh, visor goes up and you see yes, Jamie's face in the fucking wraith suit. Right. And everybody shits a brick. Well, the only one that doesn't is Clint Howard because we well we, uh, we do find out later, but the the short version is he wasn't there that night. No. Um so so uh the wraith shoots up the shit and uh, just leaves. He he just disappears in thin air because they're like, where did he go? Even though Packard was staring at it the entire time, <laughs> like, oh, we don't, uh, we <laughs> must have slipped out. Yeah, Skank is up in the fucking rafters drinking his fluid, and he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't know, man. Whoever he was, he was weird and pissed off. You ever see the thing, TM? Keepers other ones up there with him, just like. Uh, am I in the wrong building? Am I in the wrong place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hanging by his fucking gnarly ass feet. Want some Chinese food? It's rice, David. Louis up there with uh, Kirsten Stewart and, you know, Lestat's there. They're all hanging out together. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> all the fucking movie vampires. Just... Yeah. Batman's up there. Robert Pattinson. He's got the Batman gear on, but he's got he's got fangs. <laughs> Wait a second. You don't have fangs. But I drink. But Bruce Wayne's like, I drink blood, though. He says, oh, I don't kill them. And then Lestat's like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we then we cut to this helicopter graveyard, and I'm like, where the fuck is Paul, man? Right. Paul and fucking Excalibrate, they're running around over there. Randy Craig comes up, and he, like, finds this dude red, and... He's in it for like two seconds. He's like, hey, how you doing, Randy Quaid? Welp, I'm out of the movie. And then Randy Quaid like goes over to like, because apparently like uh, Skank and Gutter Boy like work at this place. And they like right. take apart these fucking like planes or helicopters or whatever. He's like, hey, w you know what the fuck happened to this? You know, how'd that guy die? Who's this fucking, who's this mystery man that's racing everybody? He's like, we don't know or whatever. And Gutter Boy's like, we got a constipational rights, man. We, you, you can't tell us different. We don't got to tell you nothing. He gets some of the best lines just from, like, just, like, misspeaking in the movie. He's like, who was driving that car? He's like, I can't remember dog squeeze, man. I drink too much hydrochlor hydraulic fluid. What could happen? What's the worst that could happen? I, who the fuck knows? The man on the TV said to do it, so I did it. So I did it. Yeah, yeah. So Quay's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll be watching you fucks. And then he just, like, leaves. And we cut back to fucking Big K's burgers. <laughs> and, like, and like Loomis is there, like, in his car, like, ordering a fucking burger. He gets all pissed off because they put fucking pickles on it. What an asshole. You ruined that burger. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? He, he reminds me of an old friend of uh, mine and Joe's uh, from years back who always uh, asked for none of the toppings. He just wanted cheeseburger, ketchup, no pickles. That's what he always ordered. None? Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> but that's like the best part. And, and if if I also was getting a cheeseburger, I wanted the the, the onions and the pickles. So to, to avoid confusion, he would say, no, you got to get it without, you know, che- you just got to order a cheeseburger, ketchup, no pickles because if they fuck it up and I get it on mine, I, I just can't eat it. Yeah. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> uh, well, we'll leave it at that, but that sounds about right. Yeah, but that's such a, that's such a stupid request. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is when he sees uh, uh, Packard show up and he's like, everybody, he's like, I want everybody in stand eye because I, I think some bullshit's going to go down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Packard rolls up and, and that all happens. And uh, they're, they're like, they're there and they're like, trying to figure out who this mystery guy is like in the in the the rate who the wraith is and um skank is like i'm gonna kick him i'm gonna knock his ass lower than whale shit (laughs) (laughs) what and like all of these crazy fucking they they say all this crazy shit i mean when you think about it i guess when when a whale takes a shit it probably doesn't float to the top it probably just keeps on going down right i guess so yeah with richard harris They're floating on, man. He used to swimming with bow-legged orcas. Bow-legged uh, whale shit, apparently. <laughs> Bow-legless Derek. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to get rid of that leg. It's really stinking up my house at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're just like we're gonna kick his fucking ass, even though he just came in and like could have shot us all to death, right? Yeah, with a with a, with a magic shotgun, and then he fucking teleported. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you fuck with that guy? They're like, we lost like thirteen thousand dollars worth of car equipment on my head. I'm like, wow, that actually, considering what he did to your shop, that's uh, not that bad of a loss. Yeah, didn't he blow up like he destroyed an entire engine block that was like suspended from you know some kind of fucking device? Like, oh yeah, well that that was the one that was supposed to go in the. Uh, the the main guy's car that had like the upgraded injection fuel injection shit or whatever so packer gets out he's like he's like hey carrie you still here all right well make sure you're here later too because i'm gonna come pick you up motherfucker (laughs) and you better be here or i'm gonna react to it very quietly (laughs) i'm gonna very angrily stare into the moon she's like yeah whatever go fuck yourself i'm trying to work here oh my god (laughs) he goes back to his car for a second and there's just like a note on his driving his steering wheel (laughs) yes and it's like hey Meet me at the mountain pass. Yeah, meet me by the bleachers. <laughs> See you there, fucker. And uh, wouldn't that freak you out? Like mm-hmm. you were, ju- you just stepped away from your car and you just stepped back, and all of a sudden there's a note there. Yeah, but I also love the visual of like the wraith like hiding behind a tree and then like waiting for him to. <laughs> to leave his car like tiptoeing over and just quickly putting it down yeah it's doing the sneaking music and all that just <laughs> runs and fucking speeds off in his fucking supercar yeah so they're like oh he's he's at he's at lookout mountain, pe- mountain pass let's get out of here so they all take off rainy quaid just like flips his fucking tray of food like on the ground <laughs> this that infuriated me i don't know why i'm like you inconsiderate piece of shit yeah. I, I was less angry that he wasted the food and more so that he just made this mess for the people working there. Right, those girls in the roller skates have to get on their knees and like, pick that shit up and, and clean this up. Pick that shit up, yeah. In the roller skates. That's kind of hard. Yes. I mean, I guess he had somewhere to be, right? Yeah, he's got to go to the fucking Lookout Mountain Pass to fucking catch these guys. And and this character that I didn't bother remembering the name of because he's inconsequential. Minty. Says, it, it's my turn to get killed. I, I mean to beat him. <laughs> and, then, and then fucking Packer goes, well, step right up. Go on ahead. We still haven't even gotten to the DH, so I'm not really that concerned if you make it out alive. Yeah, so he races Minty, and, like, 
Clint, or, or no, okay, so they so they park on the side of this fucking road. Is this the part with the fucking, um... I would say, is this the part that this the cyberpunk engine that I laugh my tits off at? Yeah, yeah, the radio killer? I think it is, yeah. Because they have the tracker or the radio thing. Yeah, but the Wraith is, like, driving down the road, and Packard, like, has a fucking sawed-off shotgun he's gonna, like, shoot at him? Yeah! And Skank, like, stops him. He's like, no, man, let, let Clint Howard put that thing in his car. And he's like, okay. The Wraith pulls up. And Clint Howard's like, hey, man, can you pop your fucking hood so I can put this radio killer in there? That way, if you try to run on us, we'll cut your engine. <laughs> it's basically the Penguin device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but but telling him he's installing yeah. it. Yeah. So the Wraith pops his, his hood, or it's in the, his engine's in the back, rather. And, like, it's like this ethereal pink <laughs> power. Yeah. I think Zool's running around in there. Yeah, yeah. she sure is. When this thing popped open, I expected, like, some shit from Grendel to start playing or some other kind of, like, really deep cut, like, cyber goth music. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like this pink fucking light and lightning bolts coming off it. It looks like they're trying to sell a computer. Zool. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, One Winged Angel just started playing you just hear vama noose yeah yeah and then clint like stares into the fucking deadlights for like yeah he's like oh my god you got to see this packard <laughs> he sure does gets taken this is when clint realized how fucked they are yeah. and is like really second guessing his his life decisions up to this point he's like yeah i don't know about this this is like something out of et they're like are you going to install it or are we going to cut you? And he's like, uh, okay. And then I can only assume he just kind of like pretends like he's doing it and just leaves it in there. That that was my guess. Cause I'm like, I had to imagine he looked at that and said like, I don't even know what to do with this now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine if that had a uh, speaker input in there somewhere. He's like, oh, Packard, you got to come check this out, man. He's like, just shut the fuck up and put that thing in there. He's like, no, but look, man, it's like, it's, a th- it's like a fucking ghost car, man. Right. Right. He's like Wilfred Brimley. That, that's not car. That, that, that's car, but that's not car. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to be a car, man. That's not car. It's ghost. <laughs> yes. That's not car. That's fifth dimensional entity. <laughs> So he either installs this thing or just throws it back there, but, you know, job well done. And since this took them so long to set up now, the cops are fucking coming. And uh, Clint, he's, like, taking his sweet time with the, uh, oh, yeah, if you lose, you lose the car. Uh, oh, shit. And he just immediately, like, fl- swings the flag and they, they speed off. If that other guy's car didn't beat this the, the Wraith car... This guy's not going to fucking beat it either. No. And guess what? Spoilers. <laughs> he doesn't. I do love that, like, what you just observed. Because, like, this thing pulls up. It looks like a fucking Tron car. And they're like, yeah, all this bullshit I got from other less, you know, inferior vehicles are surely matched up to this technological marvel that appeared out of thin air. Right. I mean, they're just chopping up any car that comes into their territory. They're probably using, like, minivan parts and shit. Like, ah, we, we, you know, we could reuse it, I guess. Like, you, you want these little uh, blinds they installed in this minivan? Okay, sure, we could put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> can I put carpet in my fucking, in my car now? Yeah, right in the trunk. The shag carpet? So he does the same trick again. He, like, he, like, he gets ahead of him and, like, turns sideways and the guy runs right into him and a giant explosion. Uh, and then it reforms and drives away again. Isn't this with the roadblock, too? Or is that the the next chase? Because... Yes! No, this is this. So, uh, the car... Ref- the Wraith reforms and, like, uh starts driving away and the cops pursue him and like Randy Quaid has a blockade set up and then there's like two cops like chasing him and this thing like stops in front of the blockade he's like yeah if that boy knows what's good for him he'll stop he's trapped this fucking thing charges up 
and it's like uh, there's like electricity running all over the car and it just goes from like zero to a hundred and blasts through these two fucking patrol cars right like sonic this car harnesses this fucking speed force um and absolutely annihilates these fucking police cars well and then it goes into the speed force as it escapes it just (laughs) (laughs) not only does it blow through the barricade but it blows the front off of these two fucking cop cars and just keeps going it's shot gloriously too like because you get a really good tight shot of this thing just like cutting through the front of both these vehicles and like you see just bullshit fly off of both of them it's awesome it looks like somebody just took a fiberglass bulb and broke it off another guy's back that's what it looks like <laughs> how the fuck did none of these cops get injured from that like right <laughs> yeah they're just they're just like oh shucks like, <laughs> oh, dang it he got away dang he wrecked our cars yeah shucky darn oh, we're fine though <laughs> <laughs> you got me yeah very weird and they're observing this and not really questioning anything about it they're just like huh a phenomenon. They all see it, and Randy Quaid's like, hmm, well. <laughs> they turn to each other, did you just see that? No. Okay, just like in uh, Dungeon Master when they uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they see Paul disappear. And then one of them goes, hell of a storm, and just keep going. Guess where we go from here? Back to the burger place. Back to the burger place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it's them closing closing up. So, so Carrie leaves again with Billy and Carrie's like hey can I get a ride home he's like eh, why don't you fucking walk because I don't want a problem yeah he he learned his lesson yeah but then Charlie Sheen comes up on the motorcycle or motorbike mm-hmm. and he's like yeah I'll take you on that date now she's like oh my boyfriend uh, is gonna be jealous he's gonna be here any minute he's like eh. fuck it he's like I didn't ask you about your boyfriend welcome back to the movie Charlie <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah we haven't seen him since that uh that that beach scene <laughs> 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 fucking 30 minutes ago. He's like, hi, I'm back. I wasn't racing. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? And then we get this uh, this sequence that I, I kind of like a lot, but then like also doesn't make a whole lot of sense when we come back to Charlie Sheen and uh, Carrie because he's like driving her home, but then like he starts getting chased by two of these goons by... Uh, by skanking gutter, uh, gutter boy, gutter boy, right? And it's just like mm-hmm. we we see these shots of the stunt people on the motorcycle getting away from them, like skidding around, like like it's uh, twisted metal, and <laughs> and none of them look concerned at all. They're just like casually driving away from the speeding car. I do love how obvious it is that their stunt doubles also like that that Charlie Sheen stunt double is a full foot taller than him. It's Johnny Depp. <laughs> Skank goes, get the shot, get the shotgun. Oh and he's, my god! <laughs> and Scudderboy's like, shotgun? I, I don't know nothing about no shotgun. I don't know how to load a shotgun. I don't like guns. These two fucking idiots are like, oh my god. Packard said, don't let him even talk to her. So let's murder her. And <laughs> <laughs> what was the end game with this shotgun? What were they gonna do? Just shoot her off the bike? <laughs> let's just kill them. <laughs> right. Uh, let's just kill Packard's imprinted mate and just see, just hope that that doesn't backfire. She was talking to someone else, and we just took care of the whole situation. No, that that's what Packard said. We will kill the, we'll kill them because he was with her. So Skank's driving, and he's he's going to Gutter Boy. He's like, "All right, you got it loaded. So shoot." He's like, I, I don't know how to do that. He's like, just pull the trigger. And this moron doesn't lift the gun or anything. He's like pointing right at the fucking floor and just pulls it and blows their engine up. <laughs> He's like, oh, you took out the steering. He's like, fuck. This car fucking flips 
And Charlie Sheen and Carrie just right off into the fucking darkness. <laughs> they don't even acknowledge it. They're no. like, mm, ain't that a thing? And they just keep going. That's what I'm saying. Did you hear something? No. I'm, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, because while they're crawling out of their car, like, shook, like, oh, she got away. Oh, she can't tell anyone about this. We were trying to kill her. Slam cut to Charlie Sheen bringing her home. And they don't even talk about it. They're just like, yeah. That was not, that. Thanks for bringing me home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? Skank is like huffing WD forty, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, don't worry about it. Right. She was with that dude. She's not gonna think on us. Well, well right. Yeah, because she, you know, his logic is if if she does, she's in just as much trouble, if not more. Well, sure. But they don't ever acknowledge like how much trouble they'd be in if like you know he found out, like oh we tried to murder her right <laughs> or she was just dead. They've succeeded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, seems like I'll have to go back to Australia and I'll have to get a new body and just it's gonna be all confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an opal miner, right? Yeah. So uh, so the whole time Carrie and and uh, and uh, Charlie Sheen roll roll up to her house, they're like kissing each other and shit. And the whole time Packard's across the street, like watching them and crying to himself, smoking a cigarette. He looks like he's about to hit the roof of his car and go through it. He is so quick to bust everybody else's ass. Why does he get out of his car and go fuck fuck up Charlie Sheen. Well, he's afraid of him, clearly. I guess so. Well, isn't he also having more of those visions of um of pre-Wraith Charlie? Yes. Of of not Charlie Charlie Sheen. <laughs> right. Jake me. Charlie Sheen's talking to Carrie and he's like he's like you got to take a stand. He's like he's like you got you can't let Packet push you around and shit, you know. You got to go you got to do it for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you basically. And uh so he like kisses her goodnight or whatever and drives away and Packard follows uh Charlie Sheen and he fucking disappears uh, into thin air and then that is when the audience goes oh. right if you if you hadn't put it together the lights of his motorcycle become like yes orbs of light and then he becomes one and they all go in different directions like there's nothing subtle about it no <laughs> it's very like he like disassembles um it i think it actually looks better though than a lot of the other stuff we've seen so far it feels much more natural and yeah it just works better but it's also very explicit too right we have this scene where packard is sitting there like kind of flabbergasted about what just happened and then skank and a gutter boy come up to him they're like, and they're all like oh oh hey uh how you doing he's like where the hell's your car they're like, uh, we definitely didn't see, uh, Audrey on the bike with Charlie Sheen. We definitely didn't try to shoot her with a shotgun. I don't even know who Audrey is, he says, or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, out of nowhere, the Wraith car just appears and, and bat- slams into the back of his car, pushing it into the cemetery. Oh, dude, this is the fucking MDU graveyard. Everybody's fucking partying tonight. Oh, yeah. He does this Punisher-ass shit where he has a tombstone with Packard's name already on it. He's just standing behind it. I was going to say some Charles Dickens-ass shit, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that also. Like, it's very Ghost of Christmas Future, like, you're dead already, bud. <laughs> just Packard, I've already killed you. And and then uh, he gets the hell out of Dodge. I mean, I, I guess I kind of don't blame him this time. Well, don't they shoot him with the shotgun first? Yeah, Skank, like, goes to shoot him, and, like, he uses some kind of ghost power and, like, blows up the shotgun. Oh, yeah, he, he turns it into a Looney Tunes prop. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is the part where Packard's like, it's not a ghost, it's just a kid. And I'm like, yeah, because you're fucking 40 years old. <laughs> That's his line for the rest of the movie. It's just some kid. Then we go to, this is where we go back, we go back to the uh, Packard garage, or the, the fucking, you know, 
the hangout. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's like fucking he's like fucking some other chick. Mm-hmm. It's like the next day and he's like with this chick. Well, cuz cuz Audrey won't fuck him, so he's got to, you know, he's a scumbag, so he's got to make do. Oh yeah, and it's obviously this uh, like this chick is here against her will. Right. And uh you think the Wraith is coming in to fucking kick his ass, and it's Randy Quaid. He's like, are you done doing what you're doing or what? I'm here to save the day. But, like, he he takes uh, Packard out with the warrant, you know, in connection to all these murders going on in this unknown uh, Wraith. And, you know, he looks at the woman, and he's like, he sees kind of some fear on her face, and he throws her a shirt, and he's like, are you going to be okay? And she's like, yeah. And it's, you know... I, I don't necessarily like this uh, character per se. It's just not. It, it, he wasn't very engaging to me, but I do like that the movie at least tries a little bit to kind of make him a good dude. You know what I mean? Sort of. Right. Because right after this, he is just going all in, like talking shit to these uh, gang members. Oh yeah, dude. But but we just real quick. I just want to because. We just need to mention that we can go right to the police station. But, like, you know, Carrie H- gets together with Charlie Sheen and they go on, like, a fucking picnic or some bullshit and they go swimming and then they fuck in a watering hole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thor is behind them, like, excuse me, I'm having Infinity Gem visions. Can you fuck off? <laughs> excuse me, uh, can you move your boob? Is there an Infinity Gem under there? Well, <laughs> we had to have our, our, our required uh, full frontal shot that these movies love to just. Oh, yeah. We need that, apparently. That's not in every cut, by the way. Way. Like you really? see, her, oh. yeah, you see her boob here, and then like uh, when the, they show the flashbacks, you see her boobs too. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 not overly gratu- gratuitous, but it's just there to be like, you know, you remind me of somebody, so I'll fuck you. Right so here we go. I can't put my finger on it, but you just remind me so much of this guy that died a year ago. But you can put your finger here for sure, and here, and here, and here. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so then we go to the, the, uh, sheriff station and, uh, Randy Quaid has like the entire gang round up and he's like, all right, I got a fucking warrant for all you pricks. And he's like, let me tell you something, you know, there's a fucking killer out there. And if you bring it onto the streets and I find out that you killed the killer that's killing you guys, I'm going to fuck you up. Clint <laughs> Howard in this scene, by the way, is the only one totally drenched in sweat. The whole front of his shirt is blackened from sweat. Everyone else is like cool as a cucumber, and he looks like he's about to fucking fall over in fear. He's like, what, you, you going to boys cooperate? And he's like, oh, we'll fucking do anything you say, man. <laughs> and Packard's like, can you shut up? And Packard's like giving him a look. And he's like, uh. And then, uh, you know, pretty much the next scene, uh, they're back at the shop, and Packard's like, yeah, I got some business to take care of. <laughs> and Clint Howard has his briefcase full of papers, like, uh, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> he has his blueprints. This is so weird, though, because right before that scene, Packard is, like, shaking everybody's hands. Right, right. Yeah, he's being really chummy. Mm. Yeah, it's just strange, because he's, like, shaking. It's that passive-aggressive shit, man. No, but, like, I don't I don't get it. Like, he's like, oh, I gotta take care of some business. Well, goodbye, uh, you, Maurice, or whatever the fuck that guy's name and he's like goodbye goodbye i, I see you later may you two rest in peace well i mean no, never mind bye <laughs> <laughs> i think it's like an intimidation tactic that he does with these guys to keep them around like he's saying goodbye but like they know that means don't fucking leave i guess i mean i, I don't know maybe i'm reading too much anyway but that's my feeling i didn't i didn't take that away from it from that scene is that he just this is a thing that happens sometimes he goes and does some fucking fucked up shit and he comes back and he's like all right good you're still here because if you weren't you would have been next you would have been next i maybe because they're they're 
they're fixing up a new car to like get the fuck out of there. They're gonna go right. take a ride or whatever. If you weren't here when I get back, I would stare at you from across the street for so long. I'm gonna stab <laughs> you eventually. But Clint Howard, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care what happens to me. I can't. Do- I'm not dealing with this shit. I wasn't even involved with what happened. Uh, I'm basically here uh, against my will, being told to invent shit that's, like, beyond my capabilities. The Tinkerer. Now or never. This, this gang was cool before, you know, we had we had the edge, man, with that wraith out there, man. <laughs> a wraith, man, a ghost, right. an evil spirit, and it ain't cool. It's a Nazgul, man. He's trying to make you feel bad for him, but you're right. He is also like, yeah, I was totally into this when we were on top, but now we're not, so fuck this. <laughs> There's a ghost out there killing everybody in the gang. I'm out of here. <laughs> And they're like, a wraith? What are you, nuts? And, like, it's kind of funny how actually accurate that was. I just like the fact that in a horror film, someone said, oh, no, spooky shit, I'm out of here, and it worked out for Right, me. for sure. <laughs> He's like, I know, dude, I, I fucking summoned Esteban, man, I know this shit. <laughs> I know what's about to go down. <laughs> Sometimes late at night, I still hear him talk to me. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's really him or if it's just a repressed memory bubbling up, but, uh, I, you know, my, my therapist said not to think about it. I, I never publicly admitted I killed those people. Um, again, I'm just, you know, look at me. I'm scrawny. Uh, my hair's all over the place. It's, it's kind of been stuck like that since I woke up, to be quite honest, several years back. And uh, you really think I could, do, you know, put that much power into a, the swing of a sword where I'm literally hitting people on the side of their head and it's exploding <laughs> like a bomb went off? You really think you really think I am capable of that? My psychosis is encroaching into my reality. I didn't practice with a sledgehammer or anything. So he fucks out in the movie. He goes to leave and he's uh, he literally like pulls his truck out of the uh, shop and drives like maybe a hundred yards away, and the wraith car flies past him. This is so good. This fucking car comes flying out of nowhere doing 900 miles an hour. God. It's this shot of, like, the camera going into the garage, into uh, Gutter Boy and uh, uh, Skank. Yes. It's fucking great, dude. And Clint gets out of his car to witness this. Yeah, and it's the, it is the most Mad Max shot in the movie because it was it's it reminded me instantly of how the Knight Rider and Toe Cutter are killed where you had that weird fucking fast cut to their face and you know yeah sans the eyeballs popping out it felt very much like that. this fucking garage explodes like the fucking brown's house in critters it like little splinters this was like the house in uh friday seven that they blew up and caused a fucking shockwave <laughs> and like almost killed half the crew like um this explosion it like there's like four cuts uh, there's like a fireball on top of a fireball on top of a fireball and at some point it's in slow motion and there is just shit flying everywhere clint howard is literally blown off his feet back into his car <laughs> It's fucking great. This explosion is so good. And then Randy Quaid shows up. And and Clint is, like, basically running around like Golem. Like, I'm telling you, this really happened. I was just here. It's a race. They were ADOs by the kid in the turbo, man. <laughs> Jamie Hankins. He, we killed him. He's back. Well, I, I didn't kill him. I wasn't there. But they, they told me and they threatened me. And that's why. And, and Randy Quaid is, like, nonplussed by this. He doesn't, like, bring... Ro- no. He doesn't bring Clint Howard in for questioning. <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I kind of thought they did it, to be honest. Like, all right, you're free to go. He's like, you tell me a dead boy came back and did that? Go home, Clint Howard. <laughs> like, go home. If we need you, we'll come get you. I think by this point, Randy Quaid's like, yeah, this is definitely a ghost. <laughs> I saw that car disappear, and here it is again. <laughs> yeah, I just love how he walks up to this, like, fucking crater in the earth. Yeah. Like, just puts his hands on his hips and just, like, kicks some debris around. He's like... Well, gotta go. Well, I'll tell my grandson, who's a part of the uh, the the samurai future, uh, and he'll make a pop up funny about it. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Listen, so what? You, you, so the so the wraith fell down a well, <laughs> and then he turned into a supercharged car. I think the the, the wraith version of a pop up funny might actually be pretty fucking incredible. You ever see Iron Man? He was in that cave in that well, and he built this fucking Dodge MS MS four fucking turbo incept turbo interceptor. And that's when that's when Clint Howard starts like trying to admit to everything, and they give him like a look, and he and he holds off on that. But yeah, so Clint Howard goes gets sent home. He gets to live another day. I I, I don't know if this was what caused him to become the Ice Cream Man, or you know, <laughs> uh, it was what happened at the beginning of that film with uh, the the local Ice Cream Man being gunned down, like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of situation. Uh, but either way, he uh, moves on to the next phase of his life to be called upon by the MDU again in the future. Whatever incarnation that may be. Right. Wh- whichever Ben 10 uh, variety we get next time. <laughs> <laughs> so Randy Quaid goes back to the Big K Burger. Or Big K's Burger, rather. The final time he visits. Ah, uh, yeah, he visits Billy, and he's basically just like, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? He's like, I'm really fucking busy, man. He's like, just, what do you want? He's like, well... Cool. Your brother died, right? <laughs> Your brother's dead, right? And he's like, yeah, what, what about it? And he's like... Well, uh, nothing. What? So, so what's what's the connection here? <laughs> Pretty much, this scene is so fucking pointless. He's like, "What's the connection here?" And he's like, "Uh, well, Carrie was dating my brother, and she was beat and then wrapped in a blanket and left on the side of the road. It was probably drifters or something." <laughs> and Quaid goes, "Could have been Packard," and he goes, "Nah, he just, she would have said something." No, why would you think that? He's never had a history of doing stuff like that. Yeah, she's not, she's, she, you know, she doesn't just blindly fall into fucking Packard's bullshit whenever he comes rolling around. Right. How is he not immediately like, you know what, now that you mention it, I kind of had that thought, but kind of just was like, ah. But now that you mention it, yeah, kind of right, yeah, that adds up. I like that we find out that even Carrie's like, yeah, that's uh, some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but when we get there, I just want to bring this up now, like, Carrie is just like, that was you? <laughs> right, right. It's bizarre. It's like, are you, you think that that's what didn't happen? Well, right. Well, they they did. We, we find out they, they held a sheet or something over her head so she couldn't see. But come on. Yeah, I know. But come, who else is, who else is like, oh, yeah, well, you're with another man, so I'm going to fucking take him and beat him to death. Right, right. That she doesn't make that connection. Exactly. Can't put my finger on who that might allude to. <laughs> like, there, there's this other guy who's imprinting on me and wants, he's, his name is Bob, I think. Um, <laughs> so with the whole Randy Quaid talking to Billy thing, did anybody notice him just like pouring sugar into the coffee that he has yes <laughs> oh my god yes did he just did he drink a cup of sugar like what was that dude i i, I was like is he 
has he been taken over by a giant cockroach, Edgar style? Just like <laughs> sugar and water. I was half expecting a joke here where he was accidentally using a salt uh, shaker. <laughs> but uh, alas, we did not get that. I would have uh, enjoyed that in the... Uh, would have made that scene feel necessary. Instead, it was just kind of like, yeah, let me bring up this shit about your brother that you probably don't want to hear. And then just leave. Uh... I think is it just Packard coming and like taking Carrie? Jake drops her off at the at the burger joint. Yes. And she's like she Carrie asks him, she's like, Who are you anyway? Even though I just had sex with you in the fucking lake or whatever. In the lake of <laughs> in the lake of awakening with Thor. Yeah. She's like he so he goes, Ask Packard, he knows why I'm here. And she's like Wow, that was cryptic. All right, well, bye. Uh, he's like, I, ca- I came a long ways for you, and my time is just about over, Wink. I'll see you later. Right. So it turns out Packard was watching, like, the whole time. And then as soon as Charlie Sheen leaves, Packard comes and, like, like gets Carrie. He's like, come here, bitch. He's like, get in the car. Daniel Baldwin's like, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> he's over, like, at the uh, bar getting his burger, looking at a La Paz postcard, making sure he's got the right address. He's sitting in his fucking car with, like, a bottle of booze next to him and, like, fucking a, just a plate of fucking nachos. Yeah, yeah. And he's just ordering from all the waitresses by screaming, don't fuck with me, lady. Hey, can I get extra sour cream on the side? Don't fuck with me. I know this is light. I can taste the difference. <laughs> so so yeah then like billy comes out and confronts packard and this is the scene we were talking about before where like billy's the only one to like stand up to him and be like are you fucking out of your mind like leave her alone and he gets his ass kicked packard fucking beats the shit out of this dude and everybody just watches him get his ass kicked get his ass kicked and him carry audrey off like kicking and screaming and literally no one even attempts to stop him no and they she just they just leave and he gets up he's like you bunch of chicken shits he's like they, he took her you fucks yeah i mean you don't know what this guy's gonna do and, and if you're in this town and you know this guy's got a reputation why would you just let this happen I, who knows man everybody's like i don't care i can i'm not done with my french fries i i would argue that everyone knows exactly what he's going to do and they're, they're like and they're like well that they're like well don't want to get involved with that mess oh yeah connor you just nailed it <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to get involved. So he takes Carrie and they're driving the car and he's like, uh, yeah, we're going west to California where no one will ever find us. And she's like, I don't want to go with you. And he's like, no, you gotta go because I said so. And then they're just like in the car and she's like, Remember that night when you found me fucking Jamie? He's like, and then he, doesn't he like slap her across the face? Yeah. Yeah. And she looks at him and goes, so it was you that killed him and beat me. (laughs) No shit, lady. (laughs) Like, so he's like, so she's, you know, they have this altercation and like, so he smacks her or whatever. And he's like, I'll never, she's like, I'll never love you. She's like, I'd rather go fuck Gutterboy and then die somewhere. And he's like, well, let's, let's arrange that. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) she's like, I'll never love you. No matter what, I'll never love you anyway. And he's like, well, I guess I gotta stab you on the side of the road now. Mm-hmm. Like, this literally happens just so they get out of the car so that the Wraith can pull up. And then he, and then he's like, all right, I'll come back and kill you later. Right now, I'm going to go race this guy. I got, I got a street race. <laughs> so Chris O'Donnell jumps in his fucking car and they, and they take off. <laughs> and we have the final, the final race, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The final lap. The final collision. Yes. The final collision course. Oh, there you go. Doesn't this end with him literally toe-cuttering him? Like, yeah. This is, this is so great. <laughs> Kurt Russell creamed himself when he saw this. <laughs> Yeah, like, because he's just a ghost car, he's like, I'm just gonna run you over. Like, he just rams him. This is my favorite one, because, like, they're getting chased by the cops, and it's this whole big thing, and the Wraith, like, 
goes way farther ahead of um, Packard and he turns around and then he's like, you know, doing 900 miles an hour directly head on. But Packard sees the car as the guy, like the Wraith guy standing in the middle of the road. So he's like, I'm going to run this fuck down. Yeah. So he guns it too. Yeah. And when, when these two cars fucking hit, it's just like, oh, yeah. dude, it's like Gomez Adams fucking train set. <laughs> <laughs> And he slept so well. But yeah, he's dead as shit. Uh, yeah, this explosion is gorgeous. Oh my god, yeah, this thing fucking. Uh, it the, the the collision like practically cleaves uh, Packard's car in half. Like, yeah, it is devastating. He's Adams now. He's not even flesh. He's just. <laughs> But thank God the Wraith uh, leaves the body behind, or else you're right, Arlen. That's exactly what he would have been. So the final Horcrux is destroyed on this guy's suit. And Randy Quaid gives up on the investigation, like, right then and there. (laughs) He really does. It's so great, because he walks up to the wreck, and he's like, that's some shit. He's like, how the fuck is that? He's like, just like the rest of them. No eyes, and he's naked. He's like, that's four dead bodies. Anyway, case closed. No suspects, no arrest, no nothing. Bye, everybody. Go home. Yeah, Rughead said something about a ghost. I think he's, you know, he's one of the smartest people in town, so sure. The deputy's like, well, you want to set up a roadblock? We can still catch the sucker. He's like, he's like, man, have you not been watching the movie? He's like, he's gone. The gang, the gang is dead. He went... He just went home. <laughs> he pulls out the script. Look at this. Look at this here. <laughs> it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna get the script out of the fucking glove box in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where the instructions are. Baldwin clearly left them there. So, uh, so then we just like cut to Carrie outside her house, and the car, the wraith car, pulls up, and the you know he gets out all dressed in his fucking nail gun massacre suit. And then he, like, <laughs> transforms back into Charlie Sheen. He's like, man. Okay, this is really strange. Because this, like, the movie decides it's going to have a tonal shift for the last two and a half minutes. Yeah, it's really weird. Because he shows up and, like, after he's b- brutally murdered four or five people, shows up and starts quipping and, like, he's smiling and he's like, ha-ha! Like, also, I can understand why they did this effect once. Because it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look great either. No. He even says, glad I don't have to do that again. <laughs> And we're glad as well, because it looked like shit. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this is the closest face I could get to my old body. It's like, what? Wait, what? So reincarnation's like, yeah, you get it or you don't. Like, <laughs> it's a, That's a fucking weird roulette wheel. Well, he has 13 of those faces uh, that he can use. And, uh... Oh, that's right, yeah. He has to get a new regeneration cycle. It's, 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 such, a, it's such a weird thing, too, because they're just like, yep, uh, this is the, the face I got dealt because I couldn't, you know, be exactly the way I was. We're not going to elaborate. So let's move on to the last scene. Um, and yeah, he kind of carries like, oh, Jamie, bleh, and he's like, cool, I'll be back. Paul Walker really got the shit in the stick on that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like Charlie Sheen dies and he's like, well, I get to kind of pick my face and body. And Paul Walker just has to like, you know, dig through the morgue to transplant his brain. Right. But, and and currently lives as a fucking brain in a dish. <laughs> Right, I think we, I think we did give him a body in a previous in a previous episode, but uh, I'd have to go back and listen. That sounds familiar. Yeah, he's in fucking nobody from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so yeah, we get this scene where Charlie Sheen goes to his brother at the. His brother is always seen at the burger joint, by the way, working. This motherfucker's worked to death, man. <laughs> and uh, we have this kind of touching scene where he gives he gives him this one of a kind car. 
And he's like, yeah, you know, because he kept, again, because he keeps calling him bro the whole movie. Billy keeps referring to Charlie Sheen as bro. And he's like, who are you? Like, who, how, how do you know me? And he's like, how do, how do you know me, bro? And he's like, I think you just said it. I'm not going to really elaborate. I'll never see you again. <laughs> Goodbye. This is going to be cryptic for our last meeting ever. <laughs> here, take this turbo interceptor. Everyone's been looking for it. And, you know, you'll probably be arrested now. But here you go. <laughs> yeah. I changed the shade a little bit, so nobody will notice. <laughs> I, I know when I died, you didn't really have any closure, and there was a lot of stuff you wanted to say to me, but uh, see ya. Bye. Right. <laughs> but, by the way, Dan left the script in the uh, glove, so you, you take a look at that. It'll tell you all about it. And this is this weird thing where, where Billy's like, Jake? Who are you, Jake? Jake, Jamie, it's you. Yeah. I kind of like that idea on paper. I think that's incredibly touching, but the way it's executed is it's a little cringy. I'm, I uh, I, I kind of like it, actually. I do like it. I do like it a lot, but, like, the longer it goes, you're like, Ooh. It does, it gets a little bit goofy because he keeps on going, and then... The fact that it does take him a, a good minute or so to really put it together. And then it's immediately followed up with Randy Quaid eating peanuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, and then he, and then he uses his uh, electronic uh, windows and, and, and puts the window up, and then he's out of the movie. Well, he, he's, looking in the, he's looking out the window, and Charlie Sheen pulls up to Carrie, and I guess she just packs her bags and they leave right. forever? Yeah. And Randy Quaid's like, well, guess that's wrapped up. And then just puts his window up. Fucking pow- power window up and it just closes. <laughs> well, enjoy. Back to, cr- here's the credits. There goes my killer. Bye, everybody. <laughs> they like drive off into the fucking moonlit night. Right. And the the the, uh, the storm is coming. Sarah Connor's speech fucking kicks up. That is also the most, like, that is the biggest superimposed moon I've ever seen in my life. That yes. thing is like a fucking soccer ball in the sky. Like, it's ridiculous looking. It's a, it's a magic moon where the wraith can come back. That's Yeah, I live on the moon. That's where we're moving to. I didn't tell you that part. So, so okay, he's reincarnated, but he's corporeal, mm-hmm. but had the powers. Were they allotted? Were they like allotted to him for a certain amount of time? So we we talked about the perils between like this and the crow, and like even though this came out first, like I guess it is similar to how like you are allotted a certain amount of like time on Earth to be like an unstoppable badass before you have to go back to the afterlife. I think in this case, he gets ghost powers. Until his enemies are dead, and then it's like, now you're just a person. Yeah, now you're mortal again to go live your life with the girl that you like, or whatever, like your true love or something? Honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of a better deal than the Crow's deal, because the Crow is like, cool, you're back, and you're going to relive all this anguish again, and now, bye! Yeah, like, but that's that's such a great character, though. I mean, he's... I know, I know. I don't, I don't want to talk shit about that story, because I think it's fucking beautiful, but when you compare the afterlife deals, this works out, because he gets a literal second chance at living yeah. his life again. The Wraith is, like, not tragic at all because he's like, well, I just jumped into this body. Exactly. He also says, like, he's almost out of time. They don't have to drive too far. Like, wh- again, where is he taking her? Is he Are they actually going to California to start a life together? Or is he just taking her with him to the afterlife and she has no say in it? Well, that's fucked up. Arlen, I was going to say, like, is he, pull- is he pulling an Ollie and a uh, Felicity from the end of Arrow? Maybe. Well, so... I have a suggestion, and you guys can reject this or take it if you will. 
Uh, he's taking her, and they're going to live with the wizards. <laughs> <laughs> the bike lifts off the ground. Munchie's fucking levitating them to the castle. Are you telling me the wraith is the the chosen one to event- to finally stop John Hurt? That's that's a that's a terrible prospect with it being Charlie Sheen. He's a powerful asset. Can we get the original guy back? He, he gets there. <laughs> he gets the he gets the the mansion like the the abode and just immediately dives into Haggerty's cocaine. <laughs> Right, right. It's like that uh, River Song Christmas special, which I don't actually know if Connor's seen, where he gets to spend a whole life with her before he has to fight John Hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah the 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 husbands of of uh, Dr. River Song. I love that episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are they just like? What? How long is night on this planet? Like two hundred years. Yeah, that could be it. They they live with the wizards until the. Till the final showdown happens, and uh, yeah, then he comes back. I like that. He, they just keep him in pocket, man. Uh, real quick before they, we wrap this up, uh, this film, at the end of uh, credits, it says it's dedicated to Bruce in- Ingram, and it turns out he was the assistant uh, cameraman on this film, and he died during one of the car stunts, and like seven other people were like seriously hurt. Oh my god. I did read this, yes. It, like, I quickly skimmed over what happened to him, and it sounded fucking horrific. Yeah, so R.I.P. Um, yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's terrible. But uh, on that note, uh, where, where are we putting this, fellas? Fucking shelf. Um, this movie is, is, is delightful, like, bizarro, Mad Max, sci-fi horror gobbledygook, and that's the best way I can describe it. Um, it's wonderfully absurd, and it's kind of this weird, unique, like, I guess because we've you know invoked mad max a lot but like if you watch you go like oh yeah totally it is weird to someone to look at that and go like okay but what if ghosts <laughs> <laughs> um and then to do that and execute in a way where you go like oh yeah cool all right i dig it i think is really interesting and unique so i think it's kind of got this very endearing novelty to it and the action sequences are fucking insane um and it's kind of nice to see charlie sheen before we all knew him as this like psychotic villain and it, it, randy quaid sucks <laughs> Yeah. I just, I can't dance around that. He's just so bad in this movie. <laughs> two for two on uh, Movie Dumpster so far. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, Nick Cassavetes is like, I. you can either take his performance either like asleep or just like just quiet and just menacing the whole time <laughs> and not being able to. I, I think he's very good. I think he is just menacing. Yeah, if you look at it in like through a lens of like, he just doesn't emote to things that a normal human being would, it makes him fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's nice, cool to see Sherilyn Finn before like, I saw her in the thing I would recognize her from the most the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a, a fun, weird little movie, and if you haven't seen it, I would totally watch it. And it's totally easily accessible. It's free on YouTube, and it's on Tubi, so go track it down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely shelf. Um, I think the thing I like most about this film, uh, besides, like, just how fucking 80s it is, um, and like I was saying before in the earlier in the episode, like, it's, like, one of the first movies we've done in a while with, like, a fully licensed soundtrack, so there's, like, it is branded that way, you know what I mean, with all of those 80s songs, but, like, I think my f- most favorite thing is why it was made and how it was made, like, I, I love how Marvin, like, doesn't shy away from any of it. He's like, yeah, all these films inspired me to make this, and it's kind of one of those movies where, like, this guy loves all these films and wanted to make something that felt like those films while also still being unique and fun, and but also conveying the ideas of those other films and, like, how they make him feel. I love that. It, this is very much a movie that's, that was made out of love, and I'm, I'm totally here for it. The f- and, the, and all of the 
car sequences and the racing sequences and explosions and stuff are fucking phenomenal. Um, I also just forgot we just glossed over that fucking part at the end uh, that is like really spectacular when fucking Packard um, plays chicken with a cop and like uh, skirts around a fucking oh yeah I had that in my notes <laughs> a, a tractor trailer full of cars and these cop cars hit this fucking tractor trailer and everything explodes and or rolls off and just flies all over the place it's super impressive yeah there are like eight to ten cars yeah. in that sequence that all eat shit in some way and like yeah you get to see most of it but yeah it's it is spectacular yeah and just on top of that I mean I it's just a, I'm always down for a good revenge movie um especially when it has to do with like ghosts being like these it's like it's like this weird like again i love when you mix like ghosts with technology or like or like like we just did in evil speak like like uh black magic and technology and it really works well for me for whatever reason i just really really enjoy it it's fucking badass and again like it's quite obvious that some some of this was pulled from ghost rider as well on top of that mound of inspiration um it's fucking dope. I love this movie. Uh, so shelf. Uh, you know, real quick, it's weird that the last three movies we have watched have all kind of been technological te- technology mixed with magic or sorcery with some of some kind. And Clint Howard. And Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if we did it on purpose. No. <laughs> did we do it on purpose? I don't think so. Come on. If someone says you did it on purpose, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It was a total, yeah, totally a plan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right, Connor. It is uh, kind of funny how that worked out. Um, this is a shelf movie, easily. Uh, even with Charlie Sheen, and again, <laughs> I, I like a lot of stuff in this movie. I'm not typically a big car uh, movie guy, even Fast and the Furious. Like, I get the appeal of those movies, but I'm just uh, not not really into it. But it's done really well here. It, it makes me think of more recent films like Baby Driver and drive i mean obviously those movies are a little bit more uh grounded in some reality um and are a bit more noir than this but i i I guess i make that comparison only because the driving uh sequences in those two movies and this movie are just shot phenomenally but beyond that for for a movie about a guy who is killed basically off camera that you don't really know anything about until maybe like halfway through the film if you're really putting it together and if not by the end uh, it, it's it's really well done. Where where typically you need that protagonist to grasp onto, and obviously there's Carrie, and uh, e- even Billy to some extent. But uh, you're really just kind of focused on this wraith and and taking out this group of assholes uh, throughout the movie, and 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 of course Clint Howard kind of seeing the light towards the end <laughs> and s- being saved by uh, the situation at the last second. Yeah, I'd never seen this before, and when we were talking to Arlen about what he wanted to uh, do, uh, th- this was on the running list, and. When it came up, it was like, okay, we're doing it. <laughs> it's locked in. How's September sound? And uh, here we are. But again, since this is the shelf, uh, we're, we're going back into the closet, looking at the Baldwin statue that is just really at this point in the year. Like we're, we're almost in October. 
this thing is just again Bo Derek's leg has kind of just turned into a a, a grimy disgusting <laughs> mess that's I, I I you know I I have to ask like how long before this thing just like gets up and just <laughs> just walks away and just becomes self-aware well when John Hurt finds it I think I think we have about three months left of the year so I'd be looking out for maybe those last couple episodes to find out oh god our lore has teasers now this is ridiculous <laughs> uh yeah it's our hook dude but yeah again Bo Derek's leg is just like the cast has fallen into nothing it's just this fucking skeleton leg in my house I don't even know if I'm really supposed to be able to hold on to that I can get it I think I can actually get into trouble for keeping it here but oh well <laughs> Bo doesn't need it he's also got Ramada towels he's not supposed to have those either <laughs> Ooh, shut up about that you weren't supposed to tell anybody <laughs> um and all the other things that are attached to this Baldwin statue again built by hamburger bags gin and tequila bottles <laughs> cigarette butts uh gum a gorilla glue and uh a 20 sided die pepperoni nipples uh also <laughs> There's also a, some beef jerky inserted into an arm that I'm not really going to even go near because I'm not sure the current state of it. Uh, but where does uh, where does this movie fit in? And you know, I talk about I talked about it actually in the Dungeon Master where I transform those nipples into the twenty sided die variety. You know that you know that's a permanent fixture after Dungeon Master. Just keep that in mind. Uh, you know, I'm twisting that nipple, and I'm opening up that chest compartment. The vault is coming open, and, I, I, you know, I hate to admit it here. You know, I've been saying this whole time. It's either John Hurt technology or GVD uh, technology, but the truth is I stole it from Charlie Sheen, and uh, I have inserted it into this Baldwin statue. Do not ask me how I've got that fucking whatever the fuck, that uh, color out of space shit out of the car and got it inside Baldwin, but uh, I made it happen. And uh, that's where this movie's going. And again, uh, like I said last episode, uh, I can recall these movies just by thinking about them, much like a bag of holding from Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, it lives there uh, lovingly. And I twist the nipple, it shuts, and uh, we'll be back in there soon. (laughs) I also toyed with the idea of maybe the car just crashing into uh, the statue, but then uh, there goes half of my house. Uh, You know, you need that runway speed to get it going. Uh, So instead, it goes in the vault. And uh, I like this movie. Again, I did not love this, but I definitely liked it quite a bit. Um, There's just little things here and there that kind of bring it down. But generally speaking, this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we watched it for this show. For sure. I think it's just, you know what brings it down? It's just the back and forth to that fucking Big Case Burger, man. It's just a little too padded going back and forth. Yeah, it gets stagnant. That's the center of the fucking universe. What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like, like, I I hate to invoke it, because every time I do, Connor, I think, loses a few years off his life, but... Venom from season one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was actually more locations in that film than this, which <laughs> isn't a deal breaker, but they went back to that burger joint constantly in that movie. Yeah. For a moment, I thought about the Tom Hardy Venom, and my <laughs> heart was filled with glee, but then I suddenly realized you're talking about that fucking movie, and then, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched my hands shrivel. <laughs> I have one Palpatine hand now. It's fantastic. Oh, don't strike me down. No, you strike me down with Venom. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, I mean, obviously, since I brought it, it is a shelf movie. Um, And yeah, I I echo a lot of what you guys have said. I think this movie could have used more Charlie Sheen just because of the character. Like, I would have liked more with that character. Yes, absolutely. Even, like flashback stuff not even with charlie sheen just getting to know that person might have made the movie a little bit better there are moments where even though i i agree that the soundtrack is great where it feels like 
Okay, let's hold this shot and keep playing this music just a couple seconds longer because this movie will be an hour and 15 if we don't. Right, because we paid for it. Oh, yeah. But aside from that, definitely a shelf. I would own like a thousand copies of it probably if it weren't on streaming seemingly (laughs) constantly. Like it goes off one place and it's immediately somewhere else. So yeah, definitely shelf uh for me well thank you for bringing it because uh i think we all enjoyed it on to varying degrees but that that's always a good sign yeah totally i'm, I'm glad you guys did because um I, I thought of this movie when i listened to a pre-release version of uh rawhead rex like i was thinking of movies that i would bring if i was ever on wow and this was one of the movies that first came to mind and i was like i'll bring it on and they'll either hate it or they'll love it. It's one or the other. <laughs> and instead we made you do Green Lantern right. first. So that was uh, some kind of penance, I guess. We're sorry for that. Uh, it was a it was a fun episode, but goddamn, that movie. It's like the beginning of the training stuff from Kill Bill Part 2. <laughs> you were slapping my wrists and taking the rice out of my hands when I tried to eat it with a fork or ask for a fork. <laughs> but it's fine, because in the end, um, a love grew. An appreciation and affection group. Exactly. Yeah, this movie's a fucking classic, dude. So good. Yeah. Um. So, uh, is there anything you want to plug, Arlen? Other than, well, I mean, other than the obvious, Phantom Zone with Connor. The next time we record, uh, Lost Hour podcast. Uh, we have a 100th episode coming up. It will be called Episode 99 because because why not sure <laughs> listen to that when that comes out uh i think week after next there might be a bond episode if our guest who lives in england can sync up with us time wise um so yeah uh i think that's all of my stuff where can people find you specifically though arlen oh um unless you don't want them to i mean that's perfectly okay <laughs> <laughs> Give him hunter socials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, at young underscore Kame. <laughs> if you type AA Haro or Space Columbo into most stuff, <laughs> you'll probably find m- me somewhere. Sure. Yeah, Instagram is really the place. So a- at AA Haro. Cool. So yeah. And and if people at home want to know the history on Space Columbo, you can listen to uh, either the Phantom Zone or <laughs> uh, go back to that Green Lantern episode, and then Arling gives us a little history lesson on yeah. why that is the case. Well, actually, I think a better episode would be, I we talked about it on the After Dark you were on, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 we did, didn't we? Yeah, so go to that one, because he'll be there to, to guide you if you're not a Phantom Zone listener already, somehow. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. And, again, we always want to thank everyone for listening, but especially our Patreon uh, supporters, and we want to thank Hunter Davenport, <laughs> Brendan Lemune, the Autistic Gamer 89, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Barocio, Corlami, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Tweed, Joe Has a Mustache, Dustin Elkins, Nick Lowry, Dalton Bell, Sergio Murillo, and Matt Collins. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you guys. And do not forget. Or I guess not not forget, but we got but October's right around the corner. We got trick or trash coming up, guys. Yeah. Don't not not remember the thing <laughs> that he just said. Uh yeah, spooky season is upon us. We got some really good shit coming. Uh we got some great giveaways. Uh we got some good episodes. We got some great guests. Um and we got some promos and stuff coming up to start promoting that. So um keep a eye out yes. for um 
for all that spooky goodness. But yeah, go check out that Instagram on the social medias and find out when all that's coming up. Yep. And again, like Sean said, we have the Patreon, so you can sign up for a $2, $5, $10 tier and support the show financially. Or for no money at all, you can go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, this podcast, and leave us a five-star review. You know, that gets us uh, out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums, like Sean says every episode. So (laughs) that would be super helpful. Exactly, exactly. So uh, support your favorite show, please. So that's it. That's The Wraith from 1986, directed by Mike Marvin. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. I'm Arlen Hara. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. You going on a vacation or something? I'm taking my blueprints and I'm leaving. Yeah, what for? This gang thing was okay when we had the edge. But now that there's that wraith out there that killed Augie. A what out there, man? A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit and it ain't cool!